It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan <laughs> Epling, Bill Cornwell, happy to have you along with us. Episode 99, Bill. I mean, next week we get to go to triple digits with this show, and we're looking forward to it. And I know we're planning some special stuff next week, so it should be a lot of fun. Next week will definitely be a show unlike any other that we've had to this point. We're looking forward to all of that. Bill, we're in a key part of the season right now. Girls basketball Boy. sectional alignments are out. Yep. Seedings are out. Some games taking place tonight. There are games tonight, games tomorrow, uh, starting some of the girls' sectionals, and then uh, it really kicks in Monday. A lot of games, and uh, by the end of the next week, next week we're going to have some uh, folks set up for regional finals. Yes, yeah, it's just, again, as we always say, it's hard to believe because we're already that far along. End of the season. This is the 21st day of February. And then, of course, next week, uh, during the week, we will find out sectional seedings on the boys' side. Yeah, those will come out uh, in the upcoming week. You can always go to basketballnight.com. We'll get them up on the website as soon as we get them. That, I believe that's Tuesday that that comes out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still, that's going to matter so much in a couple of these sections. Bill, Class AA, last, you know, over the course of the past week, Shady Spring loses for the first time. Hard to believe. Um, and it's, it, that's been uh, one of the great stories this year. And uh, Shady Spring has just been almost, uh, although there's a few games lately where they've been kind of cutting it close. And, you, you know, sometimes that comes to bite you, and, and it finally did. But still, they're having a great season. And uh, obviously, everybody around the state sees what they're doing and, and knows that they could really possibly be a big time force in Charleston when the time comes. You look at the top of double A in, in particular. You've got Chapmanville, Logan, Robert C. Bird, Bluefield, Shady Spring. Oh, it's loaded. If it falls right in place, any of those five teams can win it all. You know, right now, just looking face value, Ryan, when you think of the teams just might be in Charleston on the double A side of the boys' uh, tournament, maybe the best of the three classes. Uh, that might be the most competitive. And uh, that might be the one that gets most of the attention. Usually the AAA uh, gets the attention because of the bigger schools and bigger population bases. But this year, just for the quality of the basketball, might be the AA. Yeah, maybe, and that, that, should, that is shaping up to be an outstanding state tournament. Still a few weeks away, though, at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Looking forward to all of that. Of course, the girls' tournaments coming up in just a, just a couple of weeks. My goodness, where's it all gone? It's almost over. But uh, nonetheless, Bill, we'll talk in a couple of moments with the head coach of the Western County Boys, the reigning Class A state champions, Michael Gray. We will also talk with Brian, Sexter, or Brian Sexton. He is a broadcaster for Calvary Baptist Academy and uh, the West Virginia uh, Christian Athletic Tournament going on this weekend in Summersville. A lot of interesting games out of that that we'll talk about. So a whole lot to talk about on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And thankfully, basketball is the top of the topics this week, and, and that's what we like. It's been a much better week for West Virginia high school basketball. We're going to tie some things together here tonight that'll, <laughs> that you'll appreciate, too. And, uh, Joe Linville will be with us in our next hour. He's 
making his way here right now. And he's uh, en route. Yes, he is en route. But we knew that uh, you know he wouldn't be able to be here until about ten o'clock. So Joe will join us a little bit later on, and our entire cast of characters that comes in throughout the course of the show will be here as well. But we know that you are here looking for scores. So let's get our first check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Bill, take it away with the boys. Scores. All right, boys. Scores. Uh, not many finals, but we will uh, give you finals we do have and the, some of the parcels that we do have as well. A, a final, though, in the MSAC ninth place uh, game on the boys' side. A nice win for Lance uh, Sutherland and the Hurricane Redskins. They beat Parkersburg 62-51. Uh, it was uh, East Hardy beating Moorfield this evening by a score of 48-35. Wayne Pioneers fall to Chapmanville 105-252. Into third quarter score, Tug Valley beating Charleston Catholic. Or actually, Charleston Catholic's leading there 38-32. Uh, final, uh, Kaiser beats Allegheny, Maryland 73-54. Into first quarter score, Greenbrier East over Oak Hill 20-10. Uh, late in the contest, fourth quarter, Martinsburg uh, beating Hedgesville 47-40. to And in the final score out there, looking like we're going to overtime, uh, Lincoln County and Mingo Central, they're tied at 57. Uh, Sessonville beat Logan, or actually uh, Logan wins tonight, that is, 71-58. Wildcats get the win over the Indians. Uh, it was Morgantown big time over the uh, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. 72-33 Mohegans win that one. Into first quarter score, uh, Parkersburg South with a 12-4 lead over Lindsley. Uh, Bridgeport falls to Robert C. Bird tonight, 53-45. Also an overtime game coming up. Uh, Scott and Nitro, they're tied at 76. Spring Mills. Uh, in the third quarter, leading Musselman 37-28. Uh, Washington, uh, a halftime score, beating Jefferson 39-24. Final score, uh, Tulsa falls to the West Carter uh, Comets, 97-75. West Carter, uh, Kentucky, that is. Uh, halftime score, Shady Springs over Westside, 38-28. Bluefield tonight beats Wyoming East, big time, 94-44, Ryan. Girls basketball scores, we have to differentiate these because some are regular season, some are sectional games. We'll start with the sectional games. Right now we have one girls sectional final. Williamstown in Region 4, Section 1 of Class Single A defeats Work County 83-44. That means Work County season ends at 4-19. As far as I can tell, Bill, that's the first team to wrap up its 2019-2020 season. That's it. Also tonight... Regular season games. The MSAC ninth place game, Riverside defeats Capital 49 29. Also in the regular season and a final, Frankfurt is 20 and 1. The Falcons defeat Grafton tonight 73 to 47. Still looking for a couple of sectional girls games, Ravenswood and Wahama and Valley Wetzel and Hundred. So we're looking to get those scores, and that is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Anything stick out to you, Bill, before we go to the phone lines? Uh, really, um, nothing major, but, uh, you know, that that was a um, a resounding win uh, tonight by Morgantown over Fairmont. We know Fairmont's had a struggle this year, but still, uh, that was really a lopsided uh, victory 
for the Mohegans, and uh, that was a, an interesting uh, win uh, for a, a out-of-state team, i got to say. And the reason I say this, Wes Carter beating Tulsa tonight, and if you were watching ESPN a couple of nights ago, you know about Wes Carter, Kentucky, because they were the team that was victimized by that 50-foot uh, buzzer beater uh, by Cole Villers of Ashland, uh, Kentucky Tomcats, uh, to uh, win that game. And, of course, Ashland uh, here in the Huntington border area finishes their regular season 28-0. First time in 92 years that school has uh, gone undefeated in the regular season. But uh, Wes Carter rebounds from that heartbreaking loss to uh, Ashland with a big win tonight over Tulsa uh, by 22. And they did so despite Tulsa's Jesse Muncie scoring 47 points tonight. Uh, So still some outstanding individual efforts and a you know a good team effort but man west carter did not show any ill effects from that disheartening loss earlier in the week webster county's boys had the magical unbeaten run a year ago taking it all the way to charleston and claiming the class single a state championship a lot of changes in terms of the way things have gone for webster county this year the highlanders are 14 and 7 this season not necessarily as much pressure maybe from the outside. I don't know if the, uh, who our next guest will uh, agree with that or not. Michael Gray is the head coach of the Highlanders. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Coach, welcome back to the program. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Your basketball team coming off of that magical season. And then this year started out pretty well, but you know you've had your bumps across the uh, the way as the season's gone along. That's no surprise. But another fourteen and seven campaign—that's that's getting it done. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our schedule, you know, you know, boost our schedule up a little bit, and maybe a little bit too much for this young team. But you know, you got to be got to test these kids and see see what they can do through the season because you know we know it all comes down to to sectional regions. So, but yeah, they've. They've played some really good games, and we give some games away that we probably should have won, but they've run through the year, and hopefully to make them strong here coming in the next couple of weeks. And won five out of six games. Now, tell me a little bit about how things are going this year, because I, I understand in a community, and, and Webster County being kind of spread out, it still has a community feel with only one school in it, and it being a single-A-sized school. Last year was the year, a year that was kind of built toward for a few years. Now it's the year after. you got to keep going. Tell me about how uh, things have changed for you over the course of the past year. Uh, for me, you know, I'm still in the same routine, you know, uh, working and coaching. Uh, I think we're still, we're still getting a lot of fans out. The fans are still excited uh, about last year's team. You know, you hear them talk a lot of games and, and stuff like that, you know, but they're they're kind of anxious to see what this year's team can do also. And uh, we've always had really good community support. And uh, it's changed for me, you know, day in, day out. I think about that championship all the time, you know, especially with my son being involved. And it's just been a great experience. And uh, hopefully someday we can do it again. Absolutely. And you talk about a ball club that, as I said, has won five of its last six games coming off of a 17-point win over Calhoun County earlier in the week, getting ready for the LKC Championship tomorrow against one of single-ace powerhouses in Williamstown. Yeah, we got to watch Williamstown at West Virginia State when we played Trinity there. And, uh, really good team, shoot the ball really well, and got some, got some big guys. And uh, These kids are ready. We had a really good practice this week. Uh, you know, with, with this team, you just don't 
though sometimes we can't put four quarters together. You know, sometimes we play really good three quarters, and we've got to learn how to finish the game sometimes. And uh, But I think these kids are ready to go play tomorrow. You know, we shoot the ball really well. Uh, we space space teams really well, and, you know, we can move it up and down the court. So, you know, at times, you know, we can score 90 points a game. So uh, we're, we're excited to go tomorrow, and uh, we won the LKC last year, and we're excited to see what we can do tomorrow against the number one team in the state. Coach uh, Ryan and I mentioned the fact that uh, coming out next week, uh, those sectional uh, uh, pairings will be announced, the, the seedings and so forth. And, of course, obviously that's the sign that, boy, postseason is basically here. Uh, you, you talk about the inconsistencies you've had with your club this year, but do you feel overall maybe you're kind of ramping up to be where you need to be when that postseason arrives? Yeah, that's you know that's, I've had several people ask me why I made the schedule so tough, and I you know I tell them it's for the next couple of weeks. I mean, uh, we've got weather back in Charleston Catholic in our region, so you know if we're gonna if we're gonna get a state run, we're gonna have to learn to play probably two of the top five teams in the state that's in our region. So you know we got to be prepared for those teams. So there's no need to dodge them during the season. You know you want to be prepared right now. So and, and we've got better. You know we. We played Greater Beckley last time. We played them pretty good, and uh, we were only down nine in the third period against Charleston Catholic, and let that one get away. So, you know, I think these kids will it'll help them grow this week, and uh, hopefully, we can get by that game tomorrow and have a good, uh, good win and win a championship, and um, probably going to end up seeing. You know, if everything goes right, we we could play Charleston Catholic and Greater Beckley again before it's over. With. Should be a lot of fun as we wind down the season. Brian, excuse me, Michael Gray, head coach of the Webster County Boys Basketball Team. Thanks so much for joining us. And I know it's been, like I said, it's been a whirlwind year. It's been a fantastic past uh, 365 days for you. And we certainly wish you and the Highlanders the best in the postseason this year. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. All right. Again, Michael Gray, head coach of the Webster County Highlanders. The West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament is going on right now at in Somersville, and that's a, that's a great event. Bill, that's one of those events that I know a lot of people don't go to because those aren't necessarily community schools. They, they are, but they're, they're kind of their own community. And they are their own community, and uh, we uh, really started giving uh, the, the West Virginia Cats some, uh, some love last year on our show, and uh, the reason that we did that was a, a guy that I know we're going to bring on here in a moment, Brian Sexton, but and uh, we've been amazed both on the boys and the girls' side at, at some of the competition in the, the Christian schools this year. And, uh, and so many of them now are testing themselves, especially, you know, we, we certainly have talked about the, uh, uh, the girls from Grace Christian and how, what a great season they've had. And uh, they've been out testing themselves uh, with um, going against public schools. And, and, and more of the Christian schools are doing that. And it certainly, I think it increases their edge, increases their quality as that they go on the court. And that's being seen this weekend in Somersville at that state tournament. Uh, and the, you know, the girls' side of it is going on right now. We'll talk about sex in just a minute. The girls' side of it going on right now, uh, Grace Christian picking up a win over Mercer Christian today in the semifinals. Elk Valley Christian getting a win over Cross Lanes Christian. So the championship game tomorrow of the girls' West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament will be Grace Christian out of Huntington and Elk Valley Christian. Uh, they'll do battle in the girls' tournament, Elk Valley Christian, out of Elk View, mm-hmm. West Virginia. And so the consolation game will be between Mercer Christian Academy. That used to be such a strong girls' program. 
Uh, used to basically roll through class single A. Remember, it seemed like an endless number of Wilkerson's that came through yeah. there uh, a while ago, <laughs> and they are in the consolation game against Cross Lanes Christian. So that's going on with the girls. Christian Athletic Tournament. We'll talk much more about that later on. You'll understand why when we get there. And we'll also talk about the boys' tournament when we come back. We'll talk with Brian Sexton after this. This is break one of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios of Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Join us online voting this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. This week's question, should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results with you at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. High school basketball action in West Virginia's heating up. As teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston, stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout out to some of our latest Twitter followers tonight. Josh Warricks, Cody Jenkins, Cody Brown, BJ Ellis, Buckets G, Brady Barron, Sheila Watson, Curtis Taylor, Brady for West Virginia, Noah, Teresa, and Heather Doyle. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of other important events throughout the year. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. More scores coming in to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Girl score just in. Frankfurt defeats Grafton 73-47. We had that. But the uh, sectional game that I wanted to update you on, Valley Wetzel defeats 100-71-38 in the Girls Class A Region 1 Section 1 Tournament. Still looking for that Wahama Ravenswood girls game. Also looking for a couple of regular season girls games still. You know, boys scores, we know that they will come in as the night goes along. But speaking of, of boys scores, and we try to get the schedules for the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, the various events that go on throughout the course of the year that we cover here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And sometimes even our best efforts fail. But So when that happens... We go to the source. We go to someone who knows. Brian Sexton uh, covers the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament for Calvary Baptist Academy. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Brian, I feel totally unprepared right now because our efforts to find the full schedule for the boys have thus far failed. So I guess I'm kind of giving it to you to take it away and tell us about this year's boys tournament. By the way, is that the dulcet tones, Ryan, of one Billy Cornwell? It, it is. Uh, right. Good to hear from you, Brian. My goodness, Billy, I couldn't be any happier if you and Ryan and myself were about to hit up an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. <laughs> oh, oh uh, wow. <laughs> uh, now I'm done for this just, show. I'm uh, hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, guys, yeah, and uh, I am uh, – good evening, first of all, and uh, greetings from Route 19 North, about to get on uh, 79 back home, but uh, – I'm trying to get up to the minute update, so let me go ahead and give you an up to the minute update. 4:15 left in the semifinal game, fourth quarter, an upset brewing here at the WVCAT. The number one seed, Taze Valley Christian School, down 67-59 to Grace Christian. Wow. I'm trying to get updates, so I might have an update uh, during the course of our conversation. So, yeah, you you talk about wow, Taze Valley Christian. I'll tell you guys real quick. Uh, Greater Beckley, and I heard the, the coach on a minute ago, was talking about that team. Greater Beckley was supposed to be in our tournament. Of course, they're an SSAC school themselves. And uh, at the last minute, uh, they were the number one seed in this tournament. The last minute had to pull out. And so everybody moved up. So that made Taze Valley Christian, uh, their varsity program, the number one seed, Calvary the two seed, and uh we may have an epic upset brewing. Grace Christian, I'll tell you this real quick. Grace Christian survived in advance, a la North Carolina State. Uh, they won in overtime last night over Mercer Christian. Uh, Eli Foster, their big 6'5 uh, center, hit about a 25-footer as time expired to send that thing to overtime. And then uh, Tommy today hit uh, a couple of big threes for them last night. And they got past Mercer in there. Uh, now I've got an update, guys. Real time, live on the air. 67-60, Grace, 218 left. So wow. as soon as I get a final, I will uh, I'll holler back at you. But, uh, yeah, uh, our, our game, Calvary Baptist Academy in the semifinal game, we played Beth Haven Christian Academy out of the Logan area. And uh, it wasn't nearly that tight. We won 87-57 tonight after getting past Wood County Christian 75-53 last night in the, in the quarterfinals. And uh, tell you what, guys, uh, a name you're going to keep an eye on this weekend, uh, and, and I'll, I'm sure when I talk to you next weekend, I may be talking about this young man from Calvary Baptist Academy as a tournament MVP, and that's 6'5", senior center Robert Clutter. He had uh, 21 points tonight, 10 rebounds, 
Uh, Robert is averaging in the two tournament games, he's averaging 26.5 points and nine rebounds for the two tournament games that we played. So uh, we, we missed him for nine games this season, but he's back with a vengeance. Well, you let us know about Robert Clutter last year. I mean, he had an outstanding year last year, and it sounds like after he's gotten over his, uh, his injury time that uh, he is actually uh, picking it up at the right time. Uh, well, Billy, it's funny you mention that because, you know, we, we've been very intentional, and I've got to give – uh, our athletic director, Donald Pauly, a huge amount of credit because uh, I heard you mention uh, the young man, Isaac Munchie from Tulsa, having 47 tonight. Uh, we played uh, we played Tulsa twice this year. We played him in a scrimmage, and then we played him down at, down at Tulsa, and uh, that young man can really shoot the basketball. And so playing games like that, playing in the Ripley Holiday Tournament where Robert got injured, he, he, he cracked his ankle against Covenant, uh, but playing those public schools has helped us prepare for where we are right now in, in WVCAT tournament play because, again, we're it, it really, Ryan, it's David versus Goliath because the public schools have a lot more enrollment than we do, even on the single-A level, but yet we're able to, to compete against double and triple-A schools as well. Yeah, you, you that that program has done a fantastic job, especially the last few years, but not just the last few years. And Brian, I do want to mention something here to you. I know you're going on 19 North, but if you would have taken 19 South for about a half hour, all there's no reason to unless you were just really hungry. By the way, but uh, to go through Fayetteville and to get near Lock Jelly, there is the OK Chinese Buffet. <laughs> And uh, I just wanted to make you know, sure you I were aware I've of that. There, Ryan. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm, I'm aware. I think I've eaten there before. But, uh, you know, you, you uh, Mr. Cornwell will attest to my pension for, for good food. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, have not, I have not seen a meal yet Bri- yeah. in my nearly 48 years of life I didn't like. Yeah, Brian, Brian and I in past years have done ball games together. And believe me, we, have, uh, we know where all the good places are <laughs> in certain uh, communities in this state. Well, and, and, and Billy, I'll tell you this, too, you know, uh, with the Christian Athletic Tournament kind of segueing back to that, uh, Grace Christian on the girls' side, man, they, they, have, they have been a juggernaut. You, you are exactly right about those girls. Uh, they had a tough one today against Mercer County. I watched a little bit of that game, but uh, they are a force to be reckoned with. And I'll tell you something, uh, they play a really competitive brand of basketball. Kirk Wells, Eric Hutchinson, and their staff have done an outstanding job. There's no reason why they they couldn't be WVCAT tournament champions. By the way, 210 left to go. In the fourth quarter, Grace has opened up a 10-point lead on Tays Valley Christian School, 70-60. to 60. So, uh, again, getting real-time scores on the air, man, <laughs> hey. keeping you updated and, in real time. And, and, and uh, Brian, you, know, you, you talk about Kirk Wells and the job he's done with the women, but but credit to Dave Akers, you know they have played a tough schedule, very, very much yep. as, as you mentioned with Calvary Christian. They've gone out, and played a lot of public schools, and uh, it's it's probably certainly tough in them. Billy, I'm going to tell you something. They've got a young man named Eli Foster. I mentioned Eli a moment ago. Uh, my goodness, what a player this kid is! He's six five. He can take you outside, and he can stick one from 22, 23 feet or he can take you inside. And uh, if, if we get the chance to play them tomorrow night in the championship game, you're going to see a matchup of two of the mo- of the state's most underrated big men in Eli Foster and Robert Clutter. 
that'll be a matchup worth paying attention to because that young man can flat play. Uh, there is no question that Eli Foster is one talented young man there at Grace Christian School. That's a definitely a, a basketball team that, like you said, is trying to pull an upset. Are the boys here tonight in Summersville and um, Brian Sexton, who has been so good to keep us updated on the West Virginia Christian Associ- uh, a Christian Athletic Tournament? Thanks so much, Brian, and we look forward to hearing hey, from you again hey, next Ryan. week. And give me one more score update. Can you do that? Well, I, I'm not kidding, <laughs> but I wanted to tell you real quick. This is this is uh, for Calvary. I do have a score update. Uh, for Calvary Baptist Academy, this is four WVCAT championship games in six years. Uh, big big hats off to our head coach, David Spencer Jr., who's done a phenomenal job with that program. 53 seconds to play. Grace is up 73-65, so it looks like it'll wow. be uh, the Patriots and the Soldiers tomorrow night in Summersville for the, uh, the WVCAT State Championship. And I look forward to coming on next Friday night and telling you guys all about it. Sounds good. Brian Sexton, Calvary Baptist Academy broadcaster. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a safe trip home. All right, Ryan. See you, Billy. All right. And uh, always appreciate Brian and all he does to help bring awareness to that, uh, you know, to the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, which is a big event. That, that that's really an upset tonight. If, yeah. if, if uh, Grace Christian goes ahead and finish that off, which right now it looks like they're going to, uh, because uh, you know Tays Valley, uh, they're you know folks around certainly the western part of the state know about the quality of their of their basketball. And but Grace Christian, uh, they've taken their lumps uh, during the season, but they've also picked up some nice uh, public school and uh, other parochial school wins. For instance, they got a win this year against the St. Joe boys team, which is, is not a slouch team at all. No. Coached by former Marshall player Ryan Taylor. Grace Christian beat them by a point. Absolutely. And we're going to talk much more when we go on. We'll talk with Ryan or with Rodney Plumley, head coach of the Lincoln County boys basketball team. We'll talk with Bill Nestor, broadcaster of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. But before we go to break... We've got a scoreboard update. Let's go over to the score desk and Marcus Costantino. Thanks, Ryan. We actually have two overtime finals to tell you about. The Scott Skyhawks uh, just getting the win over the Nitro Wildcats, 89-85. to uh, As I said, that was in overtime. A big night for John John Hamilton on senior night. Uh, he learned before the game uh, he had surpassed all-time Skyhawks career scoring leader uh, Trevor Travis Banks, and that record had been held since 2000. Uh, he used that for motivation to go off for 38 points uh, in the win over Nitro. And also, this just in, Lincoln County edging Mingo Central 72-65 to also in overtime. We'll have the victorious head coach of Lincoln County, Rodney Plumley. after this. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, break two, all across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the scores coming in, all the tweets. Lots of ways you can connect with the show and send us your information on your show. Also, send us pictures if you're watching right now. Lots of great pics 
send us your pics of your team, games, fans. We'd love to share that with everyone else. Send it to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. You can call us tonight. We'd love to hear about your game. Tell us about your sectionals, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. And always follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget our poll question. Join us online for that. This week's question, should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? Go to basketballnight.com. You'll find the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, Lori Q. Martin, Corey Taylor, Strutterman, Allison, and West Virginia, Shannon Sharp. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Nights in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9.33 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Bill Cornwell with you. Joe Linville will join us a little bit later on in the program. Of course, you've already heard from Marcus Constantino. And again, the whole crew is here tonight, as far as I know, which I say that, that's probably not true, but uh, our crew works very hard behind the scenes, and they do so much of uh, kind of putting the structure of things together with this show, with the website basketballnight.com, the Twitter, uh, hand, you know, our Twitter account at hoops underscore roundup, our Facebook page. Basically, if you have any type of social media, you have access to watch this show, or at the very least, get the information that we can come from it with scores from all across West Virginia, especially as we get down into the beginning of the postseason. Girls sectional play starting tonight. Boys sectional play starts in one week. There are still some girls regular season games going on tonight as well. Next week will be a full week of girls postseason tournament play. Bill, it's already here. We talked about it all the time. But, wow, we are to the point now where the games that already mattered a lot start to get that little extra edge because, you know, if you don't get to that sectional final, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're in a loser's out type game. Right. What, two or three weeks from now, we'll actually uh, see Joe Linville down to the court side of the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center as we begin two weeks of, uh, of live uh, cut-ins from there. So, I mean, uh, it's uh, approaching quite quickly. We aren't that far away from it, that's for certain. And, of course, some big boys basketball games going on tonight. You heard just before the break our score update that Lincoln County's boys had won tonight in overtime over Mingo Central 72-65. Rodney Plumley is the head coach of the Panthers. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Coach, how are you feeling after that win tonight? 
<laughs> just like pretty much all Wayne County right now. Pretty <laughs> uh, big big win for your basketball team over a, a very good team. You have a very good team as well that is just kind of trapped in what may be the toughest sectional in all of West Virginia. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, for most of the year, you've had the uh, biggest part of the year, six teams ranked in the top 12 or 13 throughout the year. And uh, that's all six in one sectional. Uh, of course, we were, you know, we were in the top 10 earlier, and then we had a injury to our point guard to put him out for the rest of the season, and that kind of derailed us a little bit. But uh, I feel I feel like we're finally getting our feet under us. And coach, your basketball team is thirteen and nine, has won two straight. And you talked about the injury fourteen and eight. Fourteen and eight. Okay, there we go. We got. We got. We'll, we'll update that. We'll fix it. I understand. <laughs> we will fix that. I will, we'll get with our crew back to fix that. They deal with so much. I understand. Every now and then, one slips through. Us. But um, your, your basketball team. You start. You, you talked about losing your point guard, and, and your team was really kind of. I won't say cruising along, but. We're off to a very good start. I got into the double-A top ten. And then that injury happens in a in a come-from-behind win at Wayne back on January 21st. And it kind of forced you to hit the reset button for a little bit and kind of yeah. had to tinker some things. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we just had to kind of refine or reinvent ourselves. You know, not only was he our point guard, he was also one of our players that we did have back with experience. Uh, you know, we lost all five starters last year, and we had our six, seven, eight guys that were sophomores kind of stepping into those roles this year. And, and he's also our leading scorer, so he's kind of like a double whammy that you got to replace and work around. And, you know, it's been a process. I think the kids defensively have been right there locked in through the whole process. But offensively, we spent, you know, the biggest part of the game since then trying to – well, we just struggled offensively. Um Oh, absolutely, and, and understandable. I thought tonight it kind of broke loose and broke free a little bit, and we started. I mean, all all five kids uh, started the game. Um, all of them was in double figures tonight. All of them were making big plays, big shots, and uh, just really were clicking. And that's good to do this time of year, especially. And uh, you know, again, with a big win tonight over Mingo Central, that's a Mingo Central team that is dangerous to anybody in the postseason as well. People have talked about that. I think people have to talk about you guys being at least a threat because, you know, again, you guys are pretty good. That sectional is just ridiculously good. Yeah. You can get somebody on any given night, though. Yeah, I think we can. You know, we've gotten a big win over Scott earlier in the year. And, uh, I, you know, it's been a while though since we've gotten a big win. We've gotten, you know, plugged a few wins in over the last month or so, but uh, we needed a win like tonight. An established, known, uh, very good program, very good team. I mean, their guards are phenomenal. Hatfield boys, Drew Hatfields, you know, he's, he's a next level player if he wanted to be. And uh, a very good win. We needed it. It was great to, you know, great to see our kids celebrating a win like that and knowing they had, they had accomplished something special. Coach, a uh, little something away from the basketball court, I wanted to ask you about, uh, got to see you and your players uh, at the Henderson Center a couple weeks ago uh, watching the Marshall, Louisiana Tech game. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's nice to, to get away from the basketball court and enjoy something like that. That game I had to inspire you, number one. And, uh, you know, it was oh. nice to see you guys together uh, just kind of having a good time. 
Yeah, you know, you got to do that. I mean, there's so few opportunities through the grind of a season to just, you know, do something together that's not basketball, not basketball related as far as what we got to do. It's to get out and enjoy each other, take in, you know, take in something. Whether it could have been a movie or just anything, you just got to find time to do that with kids and, and nothing better than going to watch a good Marshall game. Actually, we're going to bring our eighth graders from the county down tomorrow night to watch. Outstanding. Try to get them, you know, get them started from the Dime Valley and Hamlin and Duval middle school teams. And I'm really looking forward to that. Getting those, all those kids together for the very first time and just let them enjoy each other. Lincoln County High School has been around now for almost 15 years, but you still brought up a good point right there with the multiple middle schools that used to feed into the single-A high schools that consolidated to form Lincoln County. And that's, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize how difficult it can be to mesh four different communities into one. And it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And I think the little things like getting all those boys' teams together after their season that can't hurt. That does nothing but help the sense that you're competitive with each other during the season. Season's over. Eighth graders moving up. You're on one team now. Yeah, we're, yeah, um, and you know we're at the point now. Like said, this is our 14th year at the at Lane County High School, and um, you know we're getting kids now. They don't know anything else other than they they are coming to Lane County High School. From the time they've been in the first grade, they knew when they were in the ninth grade, this is where their home was going to be. And uh, to be honest, our athletes at Lincoln County, I, from day one, year one, have just meshed together tremendously. You know, maybe a little slower bringing in some of the older, you know, <laughs> people from around the county. Mm-hmm. But one, you know, but the kids, uh, it's it's not been a problem at any point, any time, any year. I mean, we talk every year about how you know how great, how appreciative we are of the fact that we got these kids together. And they do it so well together. Absolutely. Rodney Plumley, head coach of the Lincoln County Panthers. They pick up a win tonight in overtime over Mingo Central. Coach Plumley, congratulations on the win. And thanks Thanks, so much for joining us. Appreciate it. All right. Always enjoy talking with Coach Plumley. Uh, Same here. Um, Really, you you talk about a guy that lays it all on the line when he coaches a game. I love to watch Rodney work. And he does a great job down there in Hamlin with Lincoln County. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they, they punch above their weight against some of the, the competition they play. But you're right, they, they got a tough sectional coming up. Speaking of someone who's just kind of rolling right along, Robert C. Bird has now won 18 consecutive games after they lost their first two. They lost to Fairmont Senior 2, Willing Central, back on December 13th. The next day they had a 17-point lead and lost to Shady Spring. Haven't lost a game since, and no. have put some of the most impressive defensive numbers that we have seen over the course of you know a few months together. But they've been in some dog fights recently. They pick up a win tonight as uh, Robert C. Bird defeats Bridgeport 53-45. Bill Nestor, WPDX, voice of the Eagles, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and Bill. Excellent ball game. Generally, when those two teams get together, you can, uh, you know, the old cliche is throw out the records, but it's true, especially with Bird and Bridgeport tonight. Bird able to get the win. Yeah, big win for Robert C. Bird, guys. You know, it's always a crosstown rival matchup, and you know, you, you throw the records out, like you said, and uh, it's always a dogfight. It was 12 12 after the first quarter play. It was a two point ball game at the halftime break. 
and it just it just went that way the entire game. Uh, really, in the fourth quarter play, RCB got a little bit of breathing room. Give credit to Coach Bill Bennett. Uh, he went to some full-court pressure to, to get the game more of an up-tempo style of game, which suits his team much better. Uh, Coach Marshall in Bridgeport did a great job up to that point in slowing down the ball game. They were able to be aggressive. They got to the foul line early, uh, which slowed the game down somewhat. They also controlled the tempo for the most part. But uh, RCB stayed focused, stayed with the game plan, and uh, once they started getting out in transition, got some easy buckets, and then they sped Bridgeport up a little bit. So even when Bridgeport didn't turn it over, they were taking quicker shots and, and weren't hitting those shots, so it really went in RCB's favor. And they got a huge win, a big win over that crosstown level Bridgeport team. Bill, of course, we had Coach Bennett on a few weeks ago on the, on the, on the game and on, on the show, and, uh, you know, you get the impression from him that uh, sometimes your, your offense is hot and cold, but he seems to have that philosophy down pat. Your defense is always there, and your defense is, if you execute it well, it's going to even bail you out sometimes. And, and certainly it's amazing the, the low point totals that R.C. Bird's allowed this year. Bill, you're right. Uh, the defense really has been the catalyst for this team. It's the one thing you can control. You can't control whether the shots are falling or not, but you can't control the effort you put forth defensively. And and you talk about some of those low-point production. Right through the middle part of this 18-game win streak, there was a time when RCB was allowing 34 points a ball game. And so that defense definitely has done a good job, and it translates into easy transition buckets, which is something they've used to kickstart their offense. So when you play the good defense – and the other thing they're doing well is playing defense without fouling. Uh, in years past, some of their key players have gotten in foul trouble, and that would dictate the flow uh, that Coach Bennett would use in terms of, of substitutions. But now he's getting guys staying out of foul trouble, and he's allowed to substitute freely and substitute with who he wants to, not because of necessity, but because of what he wants to do. So it's been a big difference. The defense has been aggressive and assertive, but at the same time not making a lot of foolish fouls and not getting in foul trouble. So that's really helped this team a lot. And, you know, the other thing that they've done that I think is impressive is, is the fact that they've, they've pushed teams away from the basket. So even when teams aren't scoring, they're having a tough time just getting into a flow offensively. And then so a quick steal would translate into an easy transition hoop. So that's what's happened for them throughout this 18-game win streak. It's been the recipe for success, and I don't look for Coach Bennett to change anything. Absolutely not. It's a, that's a, again a ball club that has been playing very well after those first two games. Kind of got that out of their system, and, and wow, just it, it's hard to be anything but impressed with what they've done, especially defensively. And you look back since the turn of the new year, Bill. This is the most points Robert C. Bird has given up on a Friday. It is. That's a tribute to Bridgeport. It was a much improved team. Yes, and it, and it was just 45. So that's also a tribute to the kind of defense Robert C. Bird has been playing. Big games coming up next week with Elkins and Grafton to conclude the regular season as Robert C. Bird will enter the postseason one of the hottest teams in a stacked Class AA field statewide. Bill, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking with you again next week. Guys, thanks for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Thanks so much. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX. We've got to step aside and take a break. Break three. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. We'll talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. We're going to talk Greenbrier West Richwood Boys Basketball, as well as Parkersburg South, Lindsley, and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on. We're on the Fast Break Sports Network.
Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, you'll find them all at basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all of our radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV, Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG, Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR in Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Maitland, Williamson, Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY, Moundsville, and 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne. Many places that you can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Go to our website, basketballnight.com, and you will uh, find our affiliates page. It'll tell you all the radio stations throughout the Mountain State where you can listen in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, of course, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. That's where we are on Twitter. Don't forget the poll question tonight. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you. Should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? Give us a vote on our website on the right-hand side of the page. school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell joe linville and ryan epling it is 9:49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia we welcome you back to the program ryan epling bill cornwell with you joe linville will join us a little bit later on it's been a bit of a roller coaster the past few weeks for greenbrier west boys basketball that's a team that started off very well. But back on February 4th, a stunning 28-point road loss to James Monroe. That was followed up by a loss at home to a very good St. Mary's team as part of the WV Hometown Invitational Tournament. That was also followed up by a very difficult loss to Williamstown in the little general shootout at the Big House. But bounced back with a win over Montcalm, a win over Clay Battelle in the West Virginia hit placement game avenged that loss to James Monroe seemed to be getting things back on the right track but last night another rough one lost by 20 at Independence get back in the win column tonight against Richwood Mike Goddard is the voice of Greenbrier West the Cavaliers of WRLB in Lewisburg he joins us now on the program and Mike it seems like Greenbrier West is kind of right on the cusp of where they want to get back to playing but a little bit of a hiccup last night, but had no carryover effect to today. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, sorry I missed you guys last Friday night. Uh, go over that week of basketball that you just talked about right there. Um, the loss to James Monroe was a, a shocker. 
uh, you know, to our team. And uh, then we followed that up with the uh, semifinal game against St. Mary's in the West Virginia uh, hit tournament. And it was just a, a really odd game for us uh, here at home. Our, our two leading scorers on the season, Caden Pack and Chase Boggs, went scoreless in that game, and uh, so we dropped a 12-point decision right there. St. Mary's is a good basketball team, but I felt like Greenbar West is at least, you know, on their level. Um, we headed to Williamstown for the LG shootout. I mean, we headed to West Virginia State to play Williamstown in the LG shootout, and uh, they just have a, a really nice basketball team. Um, he's done a really good job down there. Uh, a lot of the things that Greenbar West likes to do, Williamstown does those things just uh, just as well, and they have a lot of size and, and length out in the front of their press, and they, they shoot the threes really well. So, uh, you know, we had uh, three straight losses after opening the season with 13 straight wins. Uh, had a nice rebound win at Montcalm, and then uh, it was really anxious to see how the team would do in that placement game in the West Virginia Hit Tournament. And uh, our kids really came out and uh, battled the CBs. Uh, it was a back-and-forth game. There were a lot of ties in the game. And with uh, two minutes left in the contest, um, that game was a tie ball game. And I remember telling my broadcast partner, you know, whoever blinks in these last two minutes is going to lose the basketball team. I mean, basketball game. Up to that point, Clay Patel had hit all of their free throws that night and uh, sent a young man to the line. He missed two free throws, and uh, Greenbar West hit seven out of nine going down the stretch right there to win that game. So it was kind of a boost there for us. And then uh, our kids were really in tune uh, Tuesday night for James Monroe coming in here. Um, Coach Robertson sent me a text early in the day. He sent me a picture of the whiteboard, and the kids themselves had went down and put probably 15 uh, talking points on the board, things that they wanted to do, how they wanted to perform in the basketball game. They came out with a lot of focus, a lot of energy, and uh, really – got after James Rowe. It was a nice uh, win, 79-58. to 58. We came out at Independence uh, last night, and the team came out a little bit flat in the first half and got down by, I think, 13 points at one part of the first half. Able to cut it down in the, in the second half. They cut it down to a three-point deficit twice, so it was 54-51 to 51, uh, early in the fourth quarter. But uh, we just weren't able to close it out. And uh, Independence, is a, their record may not be very indicative of how good they are. They're, they're a big athletic team, and they can, they can shoot the three really well. So uh, it was nice to come back here tonight, senior night in Charmco. Uh, we've only got one senior, Chase Hagee. Uh, the crowd gave him a, a fabulous standing ovation before the game. And then during the game, uh, Late in the game, he was able to throw down two dunks that uh, just really set the stage for him to be able to leave the floor uh, to another standing ovation. Caden Pack is a, a kid that we talk about with you guys, I, th- I think, every Friday night. And Caden, uh, unofficially, by our stats, the radio stats, we had him with 32 points in 10 steals. Uh, if he 32 ends up being right, that'll be his career high. Um, the scorebook had him with 30, but we're going to watch film to see what that looks like. Um, our senior member, Chase Hagee, had 17 points tonight. Lawson Vaughn, 10 points and 10 rebounds. Chase Boggs with 11. So it's been a formula for success. We put four kids in double figures, and we win those basketball games. 
Greenbrier West getting the win tonight over Richwood, 89-46. to The Cavaliers will be back in action next week against Meadow Bridge. And then that will conclude the regular season. Then it's on to the postseason. So uh, yeah, almost there. It's been a, a really... A, a really nice season, really nice regular season, a good body of work put together here. And if they can close that out, that'll be the the third best uh, record in uh, Cavalier basketball history for regular season. And uh, that'll be a nice way to finish. Absolutely. That's a that's a ball club. Well, it's more than a ball club. It's a program that's yes. making good strides to, to build into a consistent uh, type basketball team each year. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Take care. That's my daughter, WRLB. And we've got a couple of minutes left, so we don't have enough time to go back to the phones. I'll go ahead and tell you that after the break, we'll bring in uh, Scott Cousins, head coach of the Parkersburg Girls. The Big Reds are playing really good basketball. We'll also talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. But he's going to talk about the Parkersburg-South Lindsley boys game. So we've got a lot there still to talk about. We've got a minute or so here before the break. We don't have enough time to get into that. But... Bill, you just looking at Greenbrier West right there. You're talking about up and down. And at the same time, are they going to be a factor in the single A postseason? Uh, uh, you, you got to think, think be at least. You got to think they're they're going to be a threat. It seems like tonight they used their anger from losing last <laughs> night to get out on the lumberjacks. Uh, they, I mean, that was a big win for them. But uh, boy, what a, what a great senior night for Chase Hagee. You know, he'll never forget this because not only did he win, but he had two slam dunks. So uh, that's really a memorable. Yeah, yeah. This team, I mean, the, the the record that they put together overall. Yeah, they've struggled a little bit. They've been a little hot and cold toward the end of the season, but still, they got to be one of those, especially in in, in Southern West Virginia, that, that they're going to be a factor. Before we go to break, I do want to take a little bit of time to set our condolences out to the family of Ann Ross. She was the mother of former Wayne High School baseball coach Todd Ross. She was my first grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was she passed away uh, earlier this week. Great family. Um, just, uh, you know, it, it, that's a big loss to the Wayne community from the education side. And just she was such a sweet and nice, genuinely just enjoyable person to be around. And one of the last few memories I'll have is she got to be there on the field at homecoming this year when her granddaughter was crowned. Miss Pioneer is the homecoming queen. So uh, that was and that was something that Anne had been when she was in school, too. So that was a, a lovely moment. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget her checking me out of school when I was in her class to go to the St. Joe Invitational at the old Veterans Memorial Fieldhouse <laughs> to watch Wayne play when my dad was an assistant coach there. It all ties in together. More basketball Friday night in West Virginia, hour two after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And as we said, many places you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page at BasketballNight.com. Find a station nearest you. And we're on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com. Just click to watch on Facebook Live. Uh, 
Basketball Friday night at facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope or on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates, including 92.3 FM WYRC and Spencer. 103.7 103.7 FM, WQWV and Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW and Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund Beckley. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. 90.7 FM, WFGH Ford Gay. And 9.50 AM, WBES in Charleston. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of other important events throughout the year. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10.01 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A lot to go over. Ryan Appling, Bill Cornwell with you. Joe Linville will join us a little bit later on. And If Joe's listening, I'm sure he is on his way in. Joe, don't get in a hurry. Just get here safely. Don't wreck. That's all we care about is just get here safely. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the rest of it as we go along. Uh, thankfully, there's no fine for being late. But uh, nonetheless... <laughs> Uh, this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We love to talk high school basketball. And when you talk about high school girls basketball in class AAA in West Virginia in the recent, you know, in the past couple of seasons now, actually past few, you're talking about more than yeah. two, past several, uh, you kind of have to start with the Parkersburg Big Reds. Well, that was a program that back when basketball was played in the fall was one of the outstanding girls uh, basketball programs and kind of went through a spell where uh, they had a hard time getting you know into the postseason. But you're talking about Parkersburg. Bill won the 87 girls state championship, 88, 89, 91, 94, 96, the first time it went to, the, to uh, winter. And then that was it. 
for a long time. But they have now won two consecutive Class AAA state championships, and they have won 10 in a row on the floor this year. Scott Cousins is the head coach of the Big Reds. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, Coach, your basketball team, 10 straight wins coming uh, into tonight. Tell me a little bit about uh, what was you know what flipped the switch for your girls. Well, we were we're kind of young this year. Uh, Twenty two kids out, fifteen sophomores and freshmen. So beginning of the year was a little bit of uh, a learning curve. Uh, but those young kids have uh, figured out you know the roles, uh, rotations, things like that. We learned a little bit more about them, and things are just starting to come together. It's the right time if we can just you know stay healthy and avoid sickness. Uh, we're in a pretty good position. Scott, I got a chance to see your team uh, last week in the uh, little general shootout at the Big House against Spring Valley. You had a 40-point win there. And uh, I was really impressed by the fact that, you know, no matter who you put on the floor, I mean, they knew what they were doing. They knew their roles. And, and, and it just seemed like everybody in, in one way or another, scoring, assist, whatever, getting after it on defense really contributed. Just uh, seemed to be playing at a, at a high level right now. Yeah, they really are. I'm really proud of these young kids. Uh, the seniors, everybody knows about, and they've done a good job bringing these youngins along. But uh, right now, we're shooting the ball real well. You know, like I say, we got a lot of kids that can that can score the ball, and that, that's kind of a, always a plus. But where they they've really made the biggest difference these last ten games is on the on the defensive side. And uh, if we're going to have any success, you know, like we've had in the postseason coming up here, that's where we'll we'll win these things is on the defensive end. And your basketball team has done an excellent job of making, you know, creating offense through your defense. Your press has been very uh, difficult to break through, it seems, a lot of times uh, the past couple of years. And you've got – is it a mixture of you're playing to your team's strength? Because you've got a team that's got length. They deflect a heck of a lot of passes. Uh, they're always kind of, uh, you know, able to kind of reach out and, 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 you know, like I said, get deflections, get steals that way. Is that a situation where, you, you know, you kind of – your style of play – is designed around the athletes you have this year. Yeah, and then and, and in past years, you know, we unfortunately, unlike colleges, we don't get to recruit kids for a system, so you got to adjust what you have. And and, and uh, it took us a while the first year. You know, we were we were out a lot of run and jump stuff, but maybe didn't have the foot speed I like us to have. But we did have all that length, so we we adjust as we went along. We learned the kids what worked best for them, and and. Uh, it, it, it's paid off, you know. We we were they are able to switch defenses on the fly. They have a lot of freedom. They have, I mean, they have a lot of freedom. They change it on their own. They can run their own offenses if they even run an offense. A lot of times, we got uh, just tremendous leadership in that senior class. We have all the confidence in the world and in those in those girls and and the they're they just playing really really well right now. It's it's it's. It's really nice to sit back and, and just watch the progression over since they were freshmen to now they're seniors and, and they understand each other where they are on the floor. It's like they've been playing together forever. Like you said, it's not that you have a lot of seniors, but you have good quality in your seniors too. And They've been on two state championship teams now, and some of them have had big roles in those uh, state championships as well. Have you noticed any difference in their demeanor this year? Uh, you, you're clearly the hunted. Uh, not really. You know, they, they openly talked about three in a row last year, and I had to kind of reel them back in and remind them we can't get three if we don't get two. <laughs> but uh, 
they they play with such confidence. Every time they take the floor, they expect things to go their way. They expect to win. Uh, a little bit of a swagger about them, and, and I think that that really has helped. Uh, and like I say, there, there's five good seniors, but where it's really helped is the young kids. I've seen how they go about preparing to win a championship. How they, you know, how you have to practice, how you have to take care of your body, all the things that go into. Uh, being successful during the year, a lot more than just the X's and O's. Your ball club's been able to do that now with 10 consecutive wins, Bill. Exactly, and, and, and Coach, uh, of course, tomorrow night uh, got a, a challenge. George Washington and the MSC, MSAC United Champions down at South Charleston at the Community Center. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody wants to win the state championship, but it is certainly – a badge of honor if you can claim a conference championship, no matter what level of basketball you're at, and, and that's on the line for you tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, league championship's important for us. If you look at the recent polls, coaches poll, AP poll, you know, top ten schools, over half of them are in our conference. Mm-hmm. So it talks a lot about the strength of our conference. So if we're able to, to uh, win this conference championship again, you know, that. That says a lot, and it gets us ready for the postseason. We talked about it today. This being the championship weekend, this is the springboard in the, into the second season where, you know, this matters, everything matters. Uh, up to this point, they've been quizzes. You know, how, do we, how are we doing? A loss isn't a bad thing to happen. Are we getting better? Are we getting better? Are they learning? And uh, like I said, we've been able to put together these last 10 games. So we'll just hopefully keep that momentum. But, yeah, we'll be coming ready for – I know Coach Masters will have – all kind of stuff. We kind of got him there a week or so ago, but he'll have his kids ready, and we expect a war down here. Looking forward to all of that as well as your team's postseason run. Scott Cousins, head coach of the Parkersburg Big Reds girls basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck tomorrow and into the postseason. Thank you very much. All right, and before we go to Eric Little, Eric, who's been on hold for a half hour, we will go to you in just a moment, I promise. But right now we're behind. We have to do a scoreboard update. So let's get a check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Bill, we'll let you do the girls' scores. Then okay. I'll get the boys' scores behind. Okay, let's go to the girls' scoreboard. And a little bit uh, limited tonight, but uh, – we're getting most of those in here. Uh, MSAC ninth place game this evening. Uh, Capital falls to Riverside, forty nine to twenty nine. Regular season game tonight. Pendleton County beat Pawpaw seventy seven to forty six. A sectional final this evening. It was Williamstown beating Work County eighty three to forty four. Another sectional final. Bahama falls or beats Ravens. With that is in the. Uh, and that sectional on the single-A side, 49-34. Uh, final of regular season game, McGrafton uh, losing to Frankfurt in 73-47. Uh, McKenna Dalvin had 21 points, 9 rebounds for the uh, Falcons. Frankfurt finished the season 21-1, regular season that is. Uh, another sectional final, Valley Wetzel went over 171-38. And uh, final regular season uh, game on our scoreboard for tonight, Richwood. Gets the win over Mountain View, 65-43, Ryan. Boys scores tonight throughout the great state of West Virginia. It was Hurricane defeating Parkersburg, 60-51. Also tonight in boys basketball, East Hardy defeats Moorfield, 67-57. 20 points from Seth Smith. By the way, that Hurricane win over Parkersburg was in the MSAC ninth place game. Also, boys scores tonight. James Monroe defeats Pocahontas County, 74-51. 
It was Pendleton County, 77, Paul Paul, 46. Chapmanville defeats Wayne tonight, 105-52. That was a 10-point game in the third quarter. Tigers win by 53. All right. Also tonight, Charleston Catholic defeats Tug Valley, 59-46. It was Clay Vitale, 70-47 winner over Madonna. Elkins defeats Berkeley Springs, 58-36. The Kaiser Golden Tornado defeat Allegheny, Maryland tonight by a final of 73-54. It was Greenbrier East, a 64-51 win over Oak Hill. Greenbrier West, an 89-46 win over Richwood. Martinsburg defeats Hedgesville tonight, 48-42. Great game tonight in Hedgesville. We'll get uh, more on that game a little bit later on in the program. In fact, in just a few moments, actually. Also tonight, Winfield defeats Herbert Hoover. Final score is 62-52. Generals get the win. Indian Creek, Ohio defeats Brook, 53-49. It was Lincoln County defeating Mingo Central in overtime tonight in Hamlin, 72-65, the final in that one. Logan, the return of David Early. He scores 23 points tonight in about two and a half quarters as the Wildcats defeat Sissonville, 71 58. It was St. Joe from Huntington defeating the Man Hillbillies. 62-53 the final. Also tonight, Morgantown rolls over Fairmont Senior. 72-33. Morgantown bouncing back after getting shellacked in the OVAC championship game by University. That was last Saturday. Also, Parkersburg South defeats Lindsley. 64-37. We'll talk much more about that game in a moment as well. Robert C. Bird. 18 consecutive wins for the Eagles as they defeat Bridgeport tonight, 53-45. 38 points from John John Hamilton, and it still took overtime for the Scott Skyhawks to get a senior night win over Nitro, 89-85. Building the basket up tonight in Madison. Also tonight, Sherman defeats Riverview, 66-58. It was Musselman, a 45-43 winner over Spring Mills. Washington defeats Jefferson, 67-62. East Fairmont defeats Weir tonight, 57-47. The West Carter Kentucky Comets defeat Tulsa tonight, 97-75, despite the Rebels' Jesse Muncie going off for 47 points in the loss. Shady Spring bounces back from its first loss, defeating Westside, 72-56. Bluefield handed Shady Spring that loss earlier in the week. They win again tonight, 94-44 at Wyoming East. And in the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, Grace Christian defeats Taze Valley Christian, 75-67. So the Soldiers from Huntington will play Calvary Baptist in the WBCAT Championship game tomorrow. And that is a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. So, wow, a lot of of things to kind of go through there. Also, didn't, didn't want to let this one get away. Williamstown earlier this week lost for the first time. They lost to Fort Fry from mm-hmm. Beverly, Ohio. Beverly, Ohio. So uh, we had two unbeatens fall over the course of the past week, and the Williamstown boys and the Shady Spring boys. You, know, you, you hate to get that loss, but sometimes uh, you need a little bit of a, a kick and uh, a little bit of a humble, and uh, coaches uh, can work with that. Coaches can work with and coach around that and show teams that sometimes you know maybe you're not as good as you think you are, and uh, it's time to just keep on working. We're right up against a break. Let's take this break right now. When we come back, we will talk with Eric Little, WVVV at Parkersburg. We'll also talk with Matt Crawford, WRNR in Martinsburg. He had that tight Bulldog win tonight 
over Hedgesville. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Lee, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Obina Chili Killen, Chapmanville Tigers, Janiah Fargo, Musselman Lady Appleman, Sam Cremines, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots, and Nick Smith, Preston County Knights. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can sign up for that. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you and all the teams in West Virginia. We'll send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and find all the previous day's scores. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, including Nick Perry and Megan Hall. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Well, two out of three is a bad. 10-17 on the program, Ryan Epling, <laughs> Bill Cornwell with you. Joe Linville will be here a little bit later on. Andrew Rogers, our special correspondent, is with us. We'll talk with him in a moment about our standout athlete of the week. But right now, let's go back to the phone lines. Eric Little's been on hold long enough, nearly 40 minutes now on hold. And he had a basketball game tonight that saw Parkersburg South pick up a big win over the cadets of Lindsley. Eric, big win tonight for the Patriots. Yes, five straight now for Parkersburg South at the season long. Parkersburg South got 17 points from Alex Woolard off the bench. He scored double figures off the bench in four of his last five games. And what's interesting about the last two Patriot wins this week, going back to Tuesday against South Charleston, Parkersburg South, getting it done when they haven't really looked their best in a lot of times. And it's hard to you know, say that maybe about a team that just beat somebody by 27 points, but they were up 10-4 to at the end of the first quarter, and they had about five empty possessions in the first quarter where Lindsley was not you know, shooting the ball well to start the game. They got off to a, uh, to a pretty poor start, Lindsley did. And Parkersburg South did not really seize upon that opportunity the way they probably could have. Lindsley cut that down to a four-point deficit in the second quarter. 
But South came through with the defense. They held Lindsley to 10 points or fewer in three of the four quarters tonight, single digits in two of those quarters, less than five in two of them. And they're just getting it done from everybody right now. They had nine different scores in this game. Uh, all but one of those guys uh, are guys that factored in and played big minutes tonight for the Patriots. Uh, that's, that's a team that one through nine is looking pretty solid at the time of the year where you'd want them to be looking solid. You know, a couple weeks ago, this is a team that had only won back-to-back games two or three times this year. So if you're going to put together a five-game winning streak, this is the time to do it. Absolutely. And you, you beat me to my point there about playing the, you know, really good basketball at the right time. Still a couple of opportunities to even improve upon that. Tuesday night, host George Washington. And then Thursday night, a trip to the Raleigh County Armory. Take on Woodrow. Yeah, the smartest... The smartest thing that I did is I, I took Friday morning off of the morning show because I don't want to do a morning show <laughs> after uh, after making a two-and-a-half-hour trip to the Armory. Uh, I learned that last time when I got home at 12.30, had to turn around and be back at work at 5 the next morning. That was not, not a ton of fun, so I, I took Friday off. But um, but you're right. You, know, you, you come in riding a wave of momentum, and you're going to play two programs that aren't just good this year. These are programs led by coaches like Rick Green and, and Ron Kidd that do things the right way year in and year out. And they're perennially at the top of the heap year in and year out. So if, you know, if, you, if you're Brett Rector and you're a first-year head coach at Parkersburg South, these are the kind of programs that you want yours to emulate. These are the kind of programs that you want yours to go out and beat on a good year. And these are the ones that you know you're going to have to, to win in Charleston if you get to the state championship. These will be a couple of big tests for Parkersburg South. This is when you want them. You want them when you're playing well. You want those tests when you put your best foot forward against somebody else's best foot. So we'll see how that plays out. And, of course, they will be battle-tested for the postseason uh, just based on that alone. But, of course, the way they've played throughout the last couple of weeks in particular. Eric Little, WVVV. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for hanging in there with us. No problem. I just... Yeah, the, the the big thing was I I was parked at a Dollar General for a long time. I thought, well, if I and I had to go to the bathroom, I thought if I use the bathroom in this parking lot, will the basketball night guys pay my fine? And when I realized that was a hard no, I, I got back in the car. So uh, you made the right decision. <laughs> I, I'm just glad you know if you had to go to the restroom. I'm glad you didn't go into the Dollar General and get the two for one uh, two liter special, and it really been a problem. Well, I went through Burger King while I was waiting, and uh, the large doesn't seem like the best idea right now. Yeah, but yeah, good point. But you know, we're, we're hanging in there. You know, we're, we're, we're fine. But <laughs> no, not not I, like I said. I realize you guys probably wouldn't pick, and I wouldn't do it. I, I mean, it, it, it's a financial thing. It's a financial decision. Yeah, you know? True. Uh, so. Absolutely. Yes. You don't want you don't want those types of citations to deal with. Eric Will W V V V in Parkersburg, voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. Once again, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, and we will talk in just a moment with Mike Parrish, head coach of the North Marion Girls. Also talk with Matt Crawford, W R N R Martinsburg. Had the call of the Martinsburg Hedgesville game. We'll talk with Kevin Harper, head coach of the Scott Skyhawks girls basketball team. All that in just a moment. We'll bring in Joe Linville in a moment as well. But first, our special correspondent Andrew Rogers is with us. And, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Yeah, Emily Hutchinson, a junior guard at Grace Christian, a Christian school that doesn't get a lot of notice at times, but she's really excelling this season, 16 points per game for a school that hasn't lost to a team within its own conference against other Christian schools. And advanced to the WVCAT championship game in Somersville, where they win today. And she's uh, 
forced into a leadership role, but it's a bit of a unique one. It is. No seniors on this team, so everybody returns, but that was a challenge for head coach Kirk Wells. He had to find leaders, and it was pretty much an obvious choice to go with with Miss Hutchinson because of her ability to lead and set good examples for others. No seniors on this team. She's scoring 16 points a game and is a teammate with a girl who scored her 1,000th career point earlier this week in Samantha Wells. So she's getting it done, too. That's more than one person's show. Andrew Rogers has more now on our standout athlete of the week, Emily Hutchinson of Grace Christian. The familiar saying, a positive attitude changes everything, is paying dividends for Emily Hutchinson. Her positive attitude and being an encouraging teammate are what makes her this week's standout athlete of the week. The Grace Christian girls basketball team is having a splendid season, sporting an 18-5 record and has not lost to a Christian school within its conference. A key component to the team's success is junior guard Emily Hutchinson. Although she is averaging 16 points per game, she has made more of an impact through her leadership. Just try to just be there for someone that people can come to, just someone that holds people accountable. And me and Samantha Wells have just really stepped up, I feel, and we've just been able to push through the season and keep each other all on track. The Soldiers girls team is without a senior this season, and head coach Kirk Wells knew younger leaders needed to step up. At the beginning of the season, Hutchinson was an obvious choice to be a team captain. He says Hutchinson's supportiveness is what makes her a great leader for the Soldiers. She's one that I can put that role on and I don't have to worry. You know, I know it's in good hands and I know that she's gonna, she's always going to be encouraging. She's going to lift her teammates up when they're down and try to help carry this team. Growing into her leadership role is an important step for the junior guard. Her father and assistant coach Eric Hutchinson says she has learned how dealing with unfavorable circumstances happening during a game would not only affect her own play, but also her teammates. It's not always been that way. It's been something that, that's had to be worked at. Um, she's had to learn, you know, through through playing to overcome adversity. You know, there was a time in her playing career where something didn't go, you know, right in the game. She would hang her head. And we've always talked to her about how as a leader on the team, you know, your body language and some of the uh, nonverbal messages that you can send off to, to your teammates and things like that are really important. And I think she took that to heart, knowing that, that she had to improve on that because that's what's best for the team. She credits her parents reinforcing her to maintain a positive attitude at all times has resulted in her dealing successfully with the obstacles that come her way. My parents, they've always taught me to be positive about things. I've just really learned to overcome that, and that positive drive has always just pushed me, and that's why I feel like I've had this breakout season so far. In the same manner, her positive attitude has aided her on the basketball court. It has sustained her during the challenges of taking honors in college-level classes. Her father suggests her determination to succeed transitions into her studies as evident by her 4.0 GPA. I think that her competitive spirit and her desire to excel in basketball is, is the same passion and excitement when it comes to academics, and I think that's you know, ultimately, that's what it's about. With the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament Championship looming, Hutchinson and her teammates will attempt to finish their season strong in order to play their way into Saturday's WVCAT championship game and the opportunity to claim back-to-back state titles. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thanks so much, Andrew, and congratulations to Emily Hutchinson of Grace Christian. We will talk with her a little bit later on. Of course, she's going to want to get in bed fairly early tonight because they have a championship game <laughs> they, they tomorrow. Do. They do. They, uh, got, they, got, a t- they so. got a tough one tomorrow. And, uh, uh, but, uh, boy, what a great season that Kirk Wells and those ladies are having uh, down in Huntington's West End. And, uh, 
they are. Uh, it, it's amazing that you know between uh, St. Joe and, and, and Grace Christian, the, the non-public schools in this in, in this in the Huntington area are just absolutely killing it on the court this year. Yep, they are. They are, <laughs> they are killing it. <laughs> yep, the records are unbelievable. Uh, yep. And uh, definitely the, the, the girls at Grace Christian are doing a fantastic job. And uh, obviously they, they even had a little roster of people over the course of the season. They has did. not slowed them down. So uh, very impressed by that. You know who's also been very impressive from the beginning of the season all the way to now and really for the past several, you know, long term, is the North Marion girls basketball team. Mike Parrish is the head coach. Uh, of the Huskies. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach Parrish, first off, thanks for being with us tonight. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, your girls basketball team in a familiar spot, 21-1, and one, uh, won 10 straight games. Tell me a little bit about what's different from this team than some of your recent past teams. Uh, we still play the same style. We're up and down, shooting threes and layups and pressing and we're playing the same style. Uh, we lost four starters from last year's team and had a lot of question marks coming into this year, and we've had a lot of kids really step up to keep the, keep the run going. Something you've always been able to do, too, and you mentioned losing five starters, but you play in, you almost have shifts at times, and you've been able to play a lot of girls over the past several years. That obviously helps keep your program, kind of makes those transitions a little smoother from graduating classes. Yeah, we got a lot of girls with a lot of experience. They've played a lot of basketball over the years, and not just playing games, but in practice, playing against some of the seniors that we've graduated the last few years really uh, gets them to where they're at their level where they're at right now. I think you have one of the most. If I think you may have the most difficult road to Charleston. Uh, when you talk about Fairmont Senior is on, you know, within your section, and whoever is the sectional yeah. runner-up in your section is, you know, looking ahead here, most likely has to go to Frankfurt for a playing game, which is no picnic for anyone. Uh, that's That makes every game within the section uh, very, very you know, crucial because I don't think either you or Fairmont in a perfect world would want to go to Frankfurt for a uh, state tournament berth. Yeah, we both went there the last last two years, Fairmont senior the year before, and we went last year, and neither one of us did well in that game, so... It's uh, crucial to get that sectional championship and uh, try to get a regional home game. It is a tough section and region. You got three of the top four double A teams that's in our region, and just to get out of the region is like getting to a state tournament. So, if you get through there, you have a good chance when you get down to Charleston. Absolutely, and your basketball team getting the top seed, Fairmont Senior, the two seed. Tell me a little bit about how your sectional tournament plays out uh, location-wise. Do you play at higher seed? Do you play at neutral site? Uh, where, where are you? How's your tournament formatted? Yeah, we play at the higher seed. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Oakland will play at Weir, the 4-5 game. And the winner of that game will come and play us at our place on Tuesday. And East Fairmont's the 3 seed. They'll play at the 2 seed Fairmont Senior on Tuesday. Alright, so that that explains that, you know, that's another thing about being the top seed is you get to be at home uh, for as long as you win. And that's obviously uh, something that you've been very good at this year and really for a long time now, winning 21 games uh, this season. And coming off of a, a win over Lincoln earlier this week, 77-54, the Cougars are pretty good. But you guys kind of able to cruise with a 23-point win there. 
And, and also, you know, we're talking about those tough games. Fairmont Senior was a tough game earlier. You beat them 69-68 uh, in the Woody Williams Armory in Fairmont. And you also have already played that very, very good Frankfurt basketball team and, and won in overtime in, at Frankfurt. So, I mean, one-point wins over your number two senior section and a one-point win over the top seed in the opposite section. That tells anybody who follows this game all they need to know about just how competitive and how close your three teams are in caliber to each other. Yeah, it's on, on any given night, any three of us could end up beating each other and uh, just comes down to who shows up and plays on that day. And You know, it's girls basketball. Anything can happen. That's right. Mike Parrish, head coach of the North Marion Huskies. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Coach. Thank you. See you. All right. Take care. Look forward to seeing him along the way as well, be it state tournament or not, because, I mean, my goodness, there's no room for forgiveness there. And let me tell you what, they, they are really playing some good basketball. In the month of February alone, their lowest point total, 67. So yeah. they're scoring a bunch of points. And in fact, they had a, in fact, they had an 89-point uh, explosion against Preston the other night, and they beat uh, Preston by an 89-45 score. Yeah, that's a team that just can get it out and go. And as Coach Parrish mentioned there, they, they do a lot of pressure, shoot a lot of threes, and shoot a lot of layups as well. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Matt Crawford, WRNR, Martinsburg, and Hedgesville play tonight. We'll talk with Super Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com. We'll also talk Kevin Harper, the girls' basketball coach at Scott High School. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnights.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Barthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget to head over to our website and uh, join us in this week's poll question. This week's poll question, should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? You've got till 11.45 tonight. Head over to our website. You'll see the whole question on the right-hand side of the page. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout-out to T. McKay, Joe Hudson, Douglas B. Boer, Jason Underwood, Bryce Masters, and Trent Howard. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1034 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're rolling right along. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Martinsburg's boys pick up a big win tonight at Hedgesville. An important win. 48-42 the final. Matt Crawford, WRNR in Martinsburg had the call. And Matt, first off, thanks for hanging in with us tonight. Tough win, but a big road win for the Bulldogs. It was one whale of a high school basketball Friday night, guys. These are two bitter rivals that each time they get together, you know you're going to get a good game. It was a low-scoring matchup in the first half. The scoring really didn't start until that fourth quarter. 11-7 dogs after the first quarter. 22-13 was the halftime score. A very low point output for Martinsburg in the first half. The third quarter was actually ruled by Hedgesville. They outscored Martinsburg 11-7. to And then Martinsburg outscored them by one in that fourth to go on for the six-point win. And Martinsburg improving to 16-3 and on the season, while Hedgesville falls to 16-4. and Martinsburg looks to be the top seed in that sectional. Uh, of course, that won't be official until next week. But with the way things work out there, with Hedgesville being a close two uh, right behind Martinsburg, that win tonight was, was vital for that sectional seeding. Yeah, absolutely. I think if Hedgesville won tonight, it was going to be very interesting come Tuesday. But I think with the win tonight, Martinsburg secured that number one seed in the section. I think Hedgesville, like you said, is going to be a very close second. And it would not surprise me if this is the type of year that you see Martinsburg and Hedgesville play four times in the sectional final and then in the regional final as well. And the way things roll out, they could end up first-round opponents in Charleston, the way, the way things have, yeah. have played out over the years, too. And Martinsburg, still one regular season game to go, uh, at least that's on the schedule I see as of right now. But that's a ball club that has really improved as the season went along. Yeah, two games left, actually. They have a makeup game on Tuesday. Ironically, they're going to get a regional game in against Jefferson on Tuesday. The same with Hedgesville. They'll play a sectional opponent in Spring Mills on Tuesday. And then a common opponent for Hedgesville and Martinsburg. Both will face Broadford and Christian next week. Broadford and Christian out of the Hagerstown, Maryland area will be Martinsburg's final game. So still two tune-up games for the postseason, but the Dogs, have been a team of runs this year. When you look at the multiple game winning streaks, they've now won 13 of their last 14 and take away a couple of losses, one against a very good St. Maria Garetti team out of the Hagerstown, Maryland area. And really the only bad game, me and uh, Matt Miller talked about this in the post game. Hartsburg's only had one bad loss this year, and that was against Freedom, Virginia, back all the way in December in their holiday tournament. And they've just been a steady team. They have gotten great leadership from senior Telgren Villa and senior Teddy Marshall. They've just figured out what works for them, starting to figure out who those six, seven, eight guys are off the bench, and I think playing their best basketball at the right time of the season. That's, that's a ball club that picked up a double-digit win in Morgantown earlier this year, too. Yeah. So, Bill, that's a good good basketball team. And, and, and Matt, the, you know, Give credit to Coach Dave Rogers too, because you know, obviously, he knows as he always has to do. It's in some cases it's going to be a slow start for him as he integrates players, integrates system, and so forth. But they have been patiently just getting better and better each week. 
Yeah, they have figured out, and Coach Rogers has figured out how to win the tight ball games this year. This is a Bulldog team that scored 100 or more in two separate occasions this year. And then you have a night like tonight where you have 22 first-half points, so he's figured out how to win in just about every facet and every which way. So a big win again tonight for Martinsburg, an important win over sectional rival Hedgesville. Final score 48-42. Matt Crawford, WRNR, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. All right. And Matt, Matt, Joe, Matt's one of the, the people that I've had opportunities to work with from afar before. All right. Again, the uh, Little League tournaments when they were in Huntington. <laughs> it's a small little world out there. Uh, let's go right back to the phones. Kevin Harper is the head coach of the Scott Girls basketball team. Uh, coach Harper joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. First off, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, Coach, uh, you know, the, the, the Lady Skyhawks kind of got a late start. Uh, they didn't post the position until just a month or two before the season started. Uh, definitely a, a rebuilding year for the Skyhawks. Are you satisfied at this point to, to be where you are uh, as you roll into sectional play tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied, satisfied where we're at. Um, it took a little while to get rolling, uh, like you said, with a late start. Um, but getting the girls to buy into the system and uh, hustling every day and just putting in the work every day at practice and, you know, just trying to put it out there to where we want to be going forward in the future. Of course, I've had the opportunity to watch these girls, you know, throughout the season. Uh, I thought over the last couple of weeks they've really made some uh, leaps and bounds on their improvement, had a big win over uh, Hannon earlier in the week, 63-34, Good showing for the Lady Hawks. Yeah, we're getting to the point where I think we're ready to go into sectionals. I think the um, it took some time for these ladies to learn how to want to win uh, every night, rather than just being content with uh, participating in a ball game or or maybe just taking a loss and it not bothering them. Um, but that's what we're trying to change is just the culture to where we're we're not content with just participating in the game. You know, we've talked about how uh, tough this sectional is on the boys' side. It's not much easier on the girls' side uh, with Chapville, Logan, Lincoln County. Uh, you guys face uh, Logan tomorrow evening in Chapmanville. Your thoughts on the game? Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think uh, we match up pretty well with Logan. Um, that's been a hard hard thing for us all season is, you know, a lot of these teams we play are guard-heavy. Uh, we're the exact opposite. We only have a few guards on our team. Uh, we're probably going to be one of the larger teams uh, size-wise with uh, some bigs that play inside and rebound. Um, but I think we match up pretty well with Logan, and I think it'll be a good game tomorrow. Coach, one other thing I did want to mention, you only lose one senior, Chloe Older. Uh, she was honored there Monday night for senior night. But you got a good core of girls coming back for next season. Yeah, we're we're really young. We got a lot of sophomores, uh, a couple of juniors, um, a really good freshman point guard that stepped us for up for us this year. Um, sophomore class that's you know pretty deep there. We hope to get some girls out next year that uh, probably should have been playing in the past, but hadn't been. So hopefully we can get those to come back out and have more girls to uh, pull from next season. Coach Kevin Harper of the Scott Skyhawks girls basketball team. They play again, as Joe mentioned, in the sectional tournament tomorrow against Logan. That game will be at Chapmanville. Coach Harper, thanks so much for joining us tonight. 
Thank you, sir. All right, and uh, that's an unforgiving situation there. You come in late to begin with. You're in a league that is unforgiving in general. It's hard to get your foot on the ground All right. to be able to sort of guide yourself from there. It's hard and, to dig in. Right, and, he, and he's you know he's changed it up a little bit from different from the previous coach. Uh, plus, uh, you know he's he's not a teacher, so you know he's got to make time from his regular job to you know to spend time with these girls to practice, and then you've got to share a gym with the boys. So it it it, it makes it tough when you're in that kind of a situation. And, and what a tough uh, matchup in the sectional uh, in the coaching matchups. Interesting, uh, you know he's. He's kind of an inexperienced good, and he's going against a veteran tomorrow and Kevin Gertz. Right. And we know what a good coach Kevin Gertz is. And, and I hope Co- Coach Gertz is back on his feet 100%. He was in the hospital last week, had wow. some uh, infection uh, issues, but he, he was released earlier in the week. So hopefully he'll be, be able to make it out to the game to coach his team. Absolutely. Certainly hope for that as well. It's time to meet up with our good buddy, Super Dave Morrison of Super Dave Sports. Dot com. No one covers Region 3 like Dave Morrison. And Dave Morrison joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Dave, you had Westside's Shady Spring. Shady Spring coming off a loss for the first time all year. Didn't seem yeah, to show Shady too much Yeah, Shady Spring fun. actually losing to uh, Bluefield on Monday night, as you guys know, and... Uh, Everyone kind of wondered how they would respond. Well, they responded, first of all, by beating Pikeview on Wednesday, and then they had the game with Westside. Kind of got the sense that they were pointing a little bit more at this one tonight, just simply because Westside is probably going to be that number one seed. On the other side, it's a team that they figure to possibly see again. So if they were to lose to Bluefield, and what a rematch that's going to be over on Section 2. If it works out that way, and and I think everyone assumes or thinks uh, that it will happen that way. Uh, one of those teams is probably going to have to go to Westside and uh, tonight was a good ch- opportunity for Shady Spring to send a message. They did that, took care of business tonight, but they, I think it was a 16-point win uh, for the Tigers and uh, it was a good game, really. Uh, Westside couldn't have asked for a better start. They uh, went ahead 22-12 to 12 at one point in the first quarter, but uh, Shady Spring went on what they do best, a, a big roll, 15 to nothing, and Kind of took control of the game at that point. Shady or Westside did cut two at one point, but as soon as they did that, again, Shady was a run, and he got five guys that can shoot. And tonight it was really more of a, a thing where Shady Spring drove to the basket and scored going. And they went downhill really well tonight, scored at the basket, and uh, pulled away eventually for that win. The one thing that Shady Spring can sometimes have some problems with is, is just size, just a sheer size issue on the interior. Uh, that showed up a little bit Monday in that lost Brush Fork Armory. I watched that game on video productions. Again, they do a fantastic job. You can just sit down and watch a good high school basketball game just about any time of the week. And uh, that game was a game where Bluefield and Shady Spring, they kind of went at it uh, early, and Shady Spring fell behind, got back in the game, had a small lead at one point, but Bluefield kind of hit them with a second-half flurry to pull away and win. Uh, that's a big win for Bluefield. It's not a bad loss for Shady Spring, but you know, you did wonder. We all wondered how they would bounce back from defeat, and they certainly have handled that really well. Yeah, they did handle it real well, and uh, I think one thing I, I agree with uh, the fact they don't have a lot of size, Shady Spring, but they kind of they really make up for that 
with the way they hustled tonight against Westside, which, again, had a height advantage. They have a couple of big guys. It seemed like Shady got every loose ball, every deflected rebound, simply by sheer hustle and the way that they play, the way they play. Uh, they make up for that. Now, when you're going against a guy like Sean Martin from Bluefield, uh, I mean, <laughs> Hey, you know, good luck with that. He's not only is he a big guy at six five, but he's also a football player. He kind of plays with that mentality. And uh, really, uh, Monday night, I've never seen a big guy control the the final two minutes on the defensive end, which led to several runouts. You know, that game was tied at sixty one with a minute forty seven left, and uh, of course, Bluefield ended up winning by eleven points. So you know, sixty you go from a sixty one. 61 tied of winning by 11, and that was all because Sean uh, Martin inside with shots he wasn't blocking. He was he was very intimidating around the basket. He uh, forced Shady Spring to shoot earlier than maybe they wanted to. Uh, just really did one heck of a job inside and controlled the paint area where Shady really couldn't get downhill. And that last flurry, that last run by Bluefield, very very impressive. Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com. No one covers Region 3 like Dave does. Girls basketball sectionals getting underway tonight, carrying through the week. Dave will have all that and much more. Dave, we're tied on time. Thanks for joining us tonight, and look forward to talking more basketball next week. You bet, guys, and congratulations on the 99th show. Good luck in 100 next week. We'll hey, talk to you then. Greatly appreciate it. Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will talk with our standout athlete of the week, Emily Hutchinson of Grace Christian. We'll also talk with Bluefield boys basketball assistant coach Tony Webster. And we'll talk with Taylor Bonamici of the top-ranked girls AA team, the North Marion Huskies. Much more to go when we return on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us on Show 99. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We've told you there are many places that you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page at basketballnight.com and find a station nearest you. And if your station's not carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you need to tell them they should. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. Just click to watch Facebook Live on facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup and on periscope that's twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup and in the huntington area we're on comcast channel 25 armstrong digital channel 204 and we're on 88.1 fm WMUL in Huntington, 9.50 a.m. WBES Charleston, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM WQAZ Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM WVLW in Logan, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's 
106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, and 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. School basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 10 till 11 on, the, on this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the 11th show of the season. Episode 99 overall. Looking forward to 100 next week. That'll be a special show. That's going to be unlike any show that we've done before. Looking forward to all that, celebrating high school basketball throughout the great state of West Virginia. We also, it's important to us that we celebrate not just the kids in the SSAC, but the kids that play at private schools that aren't a part of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission. And that's why we try to keep up as best we can with uh, the Christian Athletic Tournament, which is going on in Summersville tonight. And uh, earlier today... Grace Christian's girls got a victory, and uh, Emily Hutchinson was a big part of that, and she's been a big part of all their success. She is our standout athlete of the week, a junior guard from Grace Christian School in Huntington, West Virginia. Emily Hutchinson, our standout athlete of the week, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Emily, first off, congratulations. Hey, thank you guys for having me tonight. Absolutely. And I know you're going to want to get a good night's sleep because you have a big ball game coming up tomorrow in the uh, yes, WVCAT championship game. Yes, sir. Uh, tell me a little bit about your win tonight over Mercer Christian. Uh, yeah, we ended up winning 43-29. Uh, it, uh, it was a different game than what we're used to in the VCAT. It was much more of a tougher game. It was also... A little bit more physical. They uh, were used to pushing the ball and getting up the floor really quick, but they slowed us down a little bit. So we were uh, very patient tonight on offense. It's kind of a low score game for us, but um, it was overall a really good game. We just uh, had very good effort tonight. So, tell me about being a co-captain on a team as a junior because there are no seniors. You basically fill that role without you know you still get another year to come back and play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was very honored when uh, Coach came to me earlier in the season and asked me to take on that role, and I've uh, tried to take it on as best as I can, and uh, even looking forward to next year, hopefully still continuing that role. I'm just looking forward to just bettering my teammates and uh, having them better me as well uh, in that position. Emily, tell me about some of the activities that you're involved in outside of basketball. Uh, I do um, work at my local church, uh, Christ Humble Church. I work in kids ministry there, uh, just doing um, mostly backstage. I don't get to interact with the kids as much, but it's just awesome to just be back there uh, with my dad. He is the children's pastor there, so it's just great to just be around those kids. And uh, I mostly just work on lighting and sound, stuff like that, but it's still just a great experience. You talk about being around kids. Uh, That just reminds me of how, you know, when you when people grow up, they're always around. Uh, you know, especially people who grow up around sports. The kids in high school are kind of almost their heroes in their own way. And when you're in the situation of being in high school, you really tend to not think about that. But I'm sure some of the girls, both from your church and from your school, that are that are younger, you know, they see you on the basketball court and they're like, I want to be, I want to play like her. How does that make you feel? I, I love that. I try to embrace it as much as I can. I was- 
uh, walking to school sometimes, and you just hear kids that sometimes you don't even know. Really, you don't get to see them a lot. And they're like, hey, Emily, I saw you last night. Good game. It's just, it's really uh, humbling, and it's also, it just excites me because I know that those girls are also going to try and uh, come up and play the same as well. And I'm just looking forward to that them growing in that field. Emily, you, you go to a Christian school, uh, and I'm sure you got friends that go to the public schools. How how different is that in your life from day to day? I feel like with all of our Christian school friends, we're more uh, close, and it's more of a family-like experience. I mean, I don't have any public uh, school experience, but, you know, it's just, it's just a different feel, and... Um, Having friends in public school, you know, you hear some of the stuff, but everything that goes on within the Christian school is just always based off of, you know, our foundation in Christ and what we believe. And uh, it's just something that also just really helps in day-to-day life. You know, you get encouraging words all the time. you got uh, great coaching staff. Christ Life is trying to center us in uh, Him, and it just it really pushes you to even be better. Emily, we had Coach uh, Wells on set with us about a month ago, and, and you guys have just put together an outstanding year. Talk, talk about the work that, that you and others on the team did coming into the season to, to really set you up and get you ready in, in what, what's been an outstanding uh, season so far. Yeah, we just have a great group of girls. Uh, all of us have a great work ethic. Um, but we also have coaches that are always – giving us opportunities to get in the gym and they're putting up their time to help us and better us and it's really all because of them you know you got coaches like coach wells and coach bailey and even my dad and coach uh albright they're just always just um giving us the chances to get in the gym to get better and we got girls who are willing to come out and get better and doing those summer workouts we got a spring league and stuff it just it keeps you in game shape but also keeps you game ready keep your basketball IQ up, and I think that really does help us heading into the season with our practice schedule and everything like that and just uh, really did set us up well for the season. You are a 1,000-point scorer. Your teammate, Samantha Wells, a 1,000-point scorer, and to do that both by your junior seasons, that's got to be a little bit of a special thing too. Yeah, Yes, sir, it really is. You know, Samantha got hers last night. Uh, I was so proud way she got it it was kind of crazy i did kind of i was a little jealous how she got it threw up a half court buzzer beater it was <laughs> it was beautiful but um <laughs> but uh yeah just to have that especially knowing that i have one more year left it's just it's a uh, really awesome to think about emily hutchinson of grace christian school our standout athlete of the week thanks so much for joining us tonight hey thank you guys for having me all right and uh, obviously a, a pleasure to get to talk to her tonight and she uh, definitely worthy of our standout athlete of the week. Two hours are in the books. When we come back, we'll talk with Tony Webster, assistant coach of the Bluefield Boys basketball team. An emotional week for Coach Webster and that squad. We'll also talk with Taylor Bonamici of the North Marion girls basketball team. And we'll talk with our good buddy Jordan Mounts at the Tug Valley Charleston Catholic game tonight. All that and much more when Hour 3 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 
Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates around the Mountain State, carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 103.7 FM WQWV in Fisher, 92.3 FM WYRC Spencer, 101.1 FM WVWBLP Wayne, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM WVLY Moundsville, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR, Martinsburg, 102.3 FM, WMTD, Henson, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburg, 105.5 FM, WKQV, Cowan, and heard in Braxton County. On 106.9 FM, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Danville, Madison, Charleston, and we're on 104.1 FM, WVXS in Romney. Many other places you can find Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Go to basketballnight.com and all those places are right there. Of course, we're on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. You can find us in the tri-state region on comcast channel 25 and we're also on armstrong digital channel 204 thanks for joining us and we appreciate all the new followers on twitter including brady for wv noah Teresa, and heather doyle they're all part of the basketball friday night in west virginia family Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of other important events throughout the year. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. This is Hour 3 of the Fastest 3 Hours in Radio. Ryan Upling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Wow. Yes, <laughs> there, there's, your, there's your welcome. Marcus Constantino also with us. Andrew Rogers, cast of thousands who uh, do such great work for us and help us to be able to bring these games, these reports, scores, um, you know, information, all of that to you and we we are we are so thankful for so many people who have helped not just tonight and not just this year but over the course 
of the seven years now of this program. So uh, some of them have come and gone or doing different things. No one's just flat out abandoned us. Thank goodness. <laughs> I don't think. I don't. Maybe. No, I just can't. <laughs> but uh, we are we are totally thankful for each and every one of them and all the work that they have done for us. We'll get you a scoreboard update in a little bit. But first, an emotional game earlier this week uh, for Bluefield senior night at the Brush Fork Armory and. Um, Sometimes you celebrate who's there. You can't forget who wasn't. Uh, Tony Webster was a, a little Tony, as they called him, the basketball player, the son of assistant coach Tony Webster, uh, who pat, uh, you know, the, the child passed away uh, last year, and uh, it's been a you know it's been a rough go. And I unfortunately I know how that goes all too well. My community had a similar situation this year. Joe, yours has had a similar situation recently. Bill, yours has had a similar situation over past the course years. of these past yes. years. And uh, it's something that we can all – we can't relate to it in a father-son method. We won't try. But uh, we, we understand that it's, that it's a real thing. And I think one of the big things is to keep going. And that's something Bluefield has done. They picked up a big win over Shady Spring. They've been playing excellent basketball, 10 wins in a row. Tony Webster, assistant coach, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And coach, uh, sometimes you, you have to kind of smile. I know it's hard, but uh, I know, you know, I can't say that I knew your son, but I know that he would have been happy with the way that basketball team played this week. Yeah, of course he would. Uh, yeah, he uh, little Tony was a big part of this, this these boys' team. They played – AAU travel ball together. They've been together for a long time. They're friends, and yeah, he, he's smiling down on these, these his friends, and he's, he's proud of the, the way that we we are been playing. We've been playing good basketball. We we, we are, I'm really proud of what these kids are, are trying to accomplish at this time. Ten straight wins, and in the course of that, you avenge. I mean, you'd already beaten Princeton once, but you had lost to Princeton earlier this year. You beat them by 32. Come back out next night on a Saturday. Fairmont Senior comes into Brush Fork Armory. You get that win, 69-53. And then turn around Monday. So you're talking about not a lot of time here. It's a very state tournament-like schedule and very state tournament-like caliber opponents, too, to a degree. And you, you knock off unbeaten Shady Spring at the Brush Fork Armory. Uh, I know that was a game that a lot of people in that area had circled. Uh, tell me about your team coming out and performing up to the hopes and expectations in that ballgame. Well, like the kids are like I said, they're playing at a high level right now, and 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 our kids understood that that you know Shady is a team that that, that was number one, and they playing great ball, and they took care of us at their place, and and they understand that you know to to accomplish the goal that we want to accomplish, we have to beat the top teams, and and these kids have been focused. I mean, we played our schedule has been a heck of a schedule, and but that's what we want. We want a schedule that's competitive, and that it will get us ready, hopefully for the long run, and help us uh, get to Charleston. And coach, you also talk about the the, the depth of talent in class double A this year, in, in specifically. You've got two time reigning state champion Chapmanville, who is really good. Logan, obviously, really good. Your team is very good. Shady Spring is very good. Robert C. Bird is very good. I think the result of your sectional could wind up being a big factor in the state tournament seating. And I don't know necessarily that it means a whole lot because everybody's going to have to beat each other anyway. I agree. I agree. I think Double A ball is one of the most competitive in all three classes. I think that you know, like the teams that you just mentioned, they are all great teams. And like I said, 
our section and region is one of the, is, is is unreal. I mean, I think we have some real quality teams out here in the southern area. But uh, like I said, you still got to go through. Once you get there, you still you got poker, you got Chapman, you got Logan. You know what I mean, Robert C. Bird. I mean, you know, it's just it's just not gonna get any easier. But you know, when to win a state championship, it's not supposed to get easy. So we're we're just gonna continue to work, work hard, and and you know, and continue to get better and, and see where it leads us on down the road. Coach Tony Webster, assistant coach for the Bluefield Beavers boys basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, sir, for having me. Appreciate you all. All right, greatly appreciate Coach Webster for his time tonight as well. And uh, let, let's let's kind of break that down here for a moment. Uh, I just kind of mentioned it in passing that you know my community understands that Colt Adams passed away in a car accident back in May. He was a football player, but also a boys basketball player at Wayne and. Uh, you know, Joe had a similar situation a couple, years ago. a couple of years ago at Scott High School. And, you know, you, you don't say – it's hard to say anything about how the, the, that, the effects on the, the kids and the community that are, that are involved. Uh, every, everyone handles it differently. But uh, to see them come out, to see them playing well, and it's just, you know, there, there, there's a heartwarming element to that and something that kind of gives you a little bit of peace and comfort in seeing, you know, the kids playing well, having fun, but not forgetting. Yeah, I mean, and, and Tony Jr. was such uh, an increment part of this Bluefield team. He was a ball with. boy bro, yeah. growing up. He's been in that basketball program. He was in that his entire life. So, you know, they've just, the whole community, you know, in, in addition to the basketball program and the school was just wrapped their arms around his family. And, and you, you can tell, I mean, you know, it, it still hurts. It, it, it has to, but, but. You know, he did, he just he tries to stay positive. Tony, Coach Tony Webster, and and keeps you know working with the program and keep uh, his memory alive of his son. And what's interesting is that little Tony had a an impact on all the athletes at Bluefield High School because every team there this year, you, you see little allusions to it. Uh, they kind of. Uh, uh, remember Tony. I, I know when the football team uh, got on the bus and headed up to uh, Wheeling for the uh, Super Six, that uh, they had a little, uh, little almost like a little ceremony, just remembering yep. little Tony. Yep, and, and it's, um, you know, it's obviously a very difficult situation. There aren't words for it. There right. just aren't. But uh, certainly appreciate Coach Webster taking time to talk with us. I know that's not, that's not an easy interview tonight. It is not. All right. But um, certainly appreciate that. I know that. That basketball team's giving him a little bit of comfort, giving him something to smile oh, about. They're on a roll. They are. They are rolling right along. You know who else is rolling right along? The North Marion girls basketball team. Now 21-1, yep. and one, winners of 10 straight. Their only loss was to Martinsburg uh, earlier in the year, but they've beaten Frankfurt on the road, handed the Falcons their only loss. They've beaten Fairmont Senior twice. The Polar Bears have only lost four games total. So North Marion getting it done, and one of those players who is getting it done is Taylor Bonamici. She was on that state championship team two years ago in a completely different role now, but she joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Taylor, first off, wow, your basketball club is playing very well. Um, yeah, we've been playing really well so far this season, and we we have a lot of potential. We just have to go out in there and show it every game and just do what we know how to do. It can be tough to play at that level for 22 games through a regular season. Tell me how you're able to come out night in, night out, and, and, and to continue to play at that high level because with the exception of that one loss to Martinsburg, there haven't been many, or if any, hiccups along the way. Um, no, we just have to 
prepare for for it every day in practice and not take any time off in practice because that really gets you ready for games and gets you in shape and condition so you can go all out all the time. Girls basketball right in that section and in that county, for that matter, is so competitive. Uh, You talk about Fairmont Senior and the success that they've had. They've won two of the past three girls' state championships. You won the one in the middle, and yet you haven't both been to the state tournament together in a couple of years because the loser of your sectional has had to go to Frankfurt, which is no easy task, and has lost in the sectional or in the regional each of the past two years. Tell me how important your sectional is, even with a team that is, you know, played as well as it has all year. It, it really comes down to this time of year. Yeah, sectionals are really important for us, and we're really glad this year that we got the one seed in the section. So as long as we keep winning, we'll get home court advantage, and that's definitely a big plus because we play really well at home and just it's a big advantage for us. Taylor, some of these wins you've had this season have come right down to the wire, you know, only a point or two. How tough were those on you when you uh, look back on them? Um, Well, they might have been tough, but it was a good learning experience for all of us because then if we're in that situation in tournament time, we'll be comfortable with it and know what to do and we won't freak out. We'll have experience in those situations. Taylor Bonamici of the North Marion Huskies girls basketball team. How's your role changed between now and in that state championship run of two years ago? Um, well, I mean, I'm a senior now. I was only a sophomore then, so a little bit more of a leadership role. Like, I'm one of the oldest girls on the team now. Probably have some of the most experience out of all of them. So just to be a good role model and someone for everyone else to look up to. Taylor Bonamici of the North Marion girls basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, and best wishes to you and the Huskies. Thank you. All right, that's Taylor Bonamici, and that's a that's like I said, that's a competitive area for girls basketball. With <laughs> just in the town of Fairmont alone, right. I mean, you right. think about that. I mean, yes. that, I mean, it, I mean, you got solid double A programs in the county and in the city of Fairmont, and uh, whoever comes out of those sectionals. They're going to be tested, uh, despite, in North Marion's case, they won a lot of games, big margins, although uh, last time they took on Fairmont Senior, they won at Fairmont Senior by a point. And, uh, you know, we'll just, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see those folks together again pretty soon. Those matchups, matchups are fun mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes it's the team, sometimes it's the individuals involved along the way. Uh, Bonamici and Washington's kind of, Tangling together—that's that's a you know—that's a big battle when those two teams get together. And is, and then once once you get in the gym, the atmosphere—you know, whether you're home or away or even on a neutral floor—can you know kind of have a little sway on what the game, how the game goes, especially in these tight ones. Certainly, certainly can. And and that's that's a sectional and regional that we will keep a very close eye on over the course of the next week slash week and a half because you know next week we'll have most of the regional. Matchups set for girls basketball by the end of the night. We will have boys sectional play beginning on Friday of next week. So much to do with our 100th show next week as well. So uh, we'll, we're it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a jam-packed show next week. So we're, we are looking forward to that. We're also looking forward to right now taking a little break because when we come back, we'll have Jordan Mounts, WFGH. He had the call of Charleston Catholics went over Tug Valley tonight. And we'll have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and his Bo Nose segment. (laughs) It has a name now. I just came up with it.
That really took a lot of creativity, right? Much more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia when we return on Basketball Friday Night here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Some of the folks following us this week and uh, just today on Twitter, shout out to them, including Noah, Mikey Ferguson, Josh Warwicks, Cody Jenkins, Cody Brown, BJ Ellis, Buckets G, Brady Barron, Sheila Watson, Curtis Taylor, Brady for WV, Noah, Teresa, Heather Doyle, T Murph 33, Terrence Ford, Madison Brown, Elijah Hedge, Robin Smoot, Megan Hall, Nick Perry, Cheryl Lou, Trent Howard joined us, Bryce Myers, Jason Underwood, Douglas B. Bohr, Joe Hudson, T. McKay, Alex Murphy, Joanne Griswold, Jacob Pinter, Shelby Schaefer, Chris Holmes, Bryn Ashton, Travis Dingus, Camille McPherson, W.V., Shannon Sharp, Allison, Taylor Strotterman, Corey, and Lori Q. Martin. They're all part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, following us on Twitter, sending us scores, and uh, hey, you can text us too. You can also send us pictures if you're watching right now. You can send us your pictures by Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them to scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Of course, we're on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup you can watch the show there and you can interact with us on facebook thanks for being part of basketball friday night in west virginia this is show number 99 100 next week Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It's 11-16 on this February 21st, 2020. Episode 99 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you from our Huntington studios on the campus of Marshall University. Always thanks, uh, you know. Always a big thank you to the folks here at Marshall University who host us and treat us so well and allow us to bring you this program from the television studio in the first floor of the communications building. It's a building with no windows. If everyone's really fully aware of that, it's not exactly true. The, the <laughs> this student, section, the student anyway. newspaper. <laughs> office for the advisor has a little skinny window. It's, it's a narrow window. You can, you That's can about tell the, the sun's shining or not. No, no, because, uh, you know, you're below ground level here, basically. Um, just the way it goes. We're, we're off the hill from Old Main at Marshall. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, love being here, though. And they've done so much for us. Mike Stanley puts in so much time and effort into this program. Cannot thank him enough for all the technical wizardry that, that he's able to come up with. And, uh, you know, he built this set. And uh, also a big thanks to everyone involved with that because we can't do it without them. They do so much good work. And they, they do it just to help us bring you basketball in the best way we can and celebrate the sport 
that we love so much throughout the great state of West Virginia. You know, tough loss tonight for the Tug Valley Panthers. They, they're they 10 and 12, and my goodness, they don't play anybody that's, uh, you know, that's <laughs> easy. an easy win. No, like it's every they, every night out's a showdown for them. They back down from no one. No, they do not. No. And sometimes they come up short, but, man, I don't want to see that team in a postseason. Let's just put it that way if I'm, you know, preparing for a game there. They lose tonight at Charleston Catholic. Uh, 59 to 46 was the final in that one. Jordan Mounts, WFGH, uh, covering that ball game for us. Joins us now on the program. Jordan was in studio with us last week. Uh, Jordan, tough loss tonight for Tug Valley. Charleston Catholic is so good, especially at home. Yeah, you know, Ryan, absolutely. Tough loss tonight. Um, the third quarter was the difference in the ball game. Um, Charleston Catholic came out on an 8 0 run. Uh, start that third quarter, start the second half, and uh, put Tug Valley in a uh, down by ten points early on in the first half, error correction in the second half, and uh, you know just Panthers could not recover from that. But you know, I was talking to my dad, who's the assistant coach of Tug Valley, um, and he's he makes a good point. You know, Tug Valley just does not match up well against Charleston Catholic. Uh, that's a very tall, that's a long, athletic team, and. It's just we we couldn't keep up with them. I mean, give Coach Hunter Moles actually, Coach Hunter, uh, Coach Hunter Moles and I were actually college classmates uh, way back uh, about two years ago, three years ago. But uh, give him all the credit in the world. He's got those boys in great shape, and that's a good thing. That's a team that that won in Naugatuck back on December twenty eighth, forty eight forty five. So you look at that matchup now. You know, nearly two months later, Charleston Catholic wins by thirteen in the rematch in Charleston. Uh, you know, Tug Valley, we talk about, it's hard to get a good gauge of them night in, night out, or you could argue that you do have a good gauge of them because they play all the top teams, it feels like. But at the same time, this is a team that if it can, you know, if it can kind of play itself uh, into the postseason, start picking up some momentum, that's a a tough team. Uh, Jordan, it's a a battle-tested team and a rugged team that doesn't have the record to really show – the caliber of, uh, of ball club that it is. Well, you know, again, a conversation that we've had. The sectional term, looking at, we, we we're not we not necessarily have an easy time. We've got Tulsa and St. Joe, really, the two uh, and and Tug Valley. Uh, that are those are your top three teams in that section. Uh, I believe it's section two. To read and form, am I correct in saying that, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. yeah. it's section two, region four, and that's, those are your top three teams in that section as it stands right now. As it's slated, um, there we're, we're kind of expecting that Tug Valley will be the number one seed, followed by Tulsa St. Joe. Not quite sure how that one will come out. But nonetheless, um, getting through the section is going to be paramount, and then we'll have the uh, loser of the other section, uh, which uh, depends, depending on how that one boils down, uh, the two top teams, obviously, in that section, it really spark out people's minds are Williamstown and Parkersburg Catholic, two very quality teams that Tug Valley has played as well this season, both of them winning against uh, Parkersburg Catholic and falling at home uh, to Williamstown there by uh, uh, two points. So tough teams, and the, uh, the key for Tug Valley is to is make it through the sectional and win the section tournament and have that home regional against uh, whoever uh, may be the uh, 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 set-place team coming out of the other section. Um, I, I know the coaching staff and the players would feel a lot better playing at home for the regional yeah. event rather than traveling to, uh, obviously, a very talented uh, team and, and whoever it may be. 
Jordan, a little bit of a break for uh, the Panthers uh, because uh, got about a week off till uh, you get sectional play going, and this gives uh, Coach Garland Thompson a chance to get that team into the gym and uh, maybe uh, get them uh, not, not only just uh, their, their heads straight, but uh, maybe work on a few things uh, to throw at these opponents that maybe they haven't seen so far this year. You know, you're absolutely right there, Bill. Um, good time for the break uh, going into section allows everybody to get their batteries recharged and uh, come into it with a full head of steam into the sectional tournament because you know the season starts over everybody's zero and zero here after this uh after the regular season uh finishes and we start postseason action but you know it's also a time that i would anticipate coach garland thompson given the given the guys a little bit of a break uh tug valley is just like almost every team in the state, it seems like, has just been hit by the illness bug, that, that flu virus that's going around. And it's, ran, it's, it's run rapid through the team. And we're just now, Tug Valley's just now starting to get some of their key players healthy again. So that's going to be, uh, it's kind of a, a blessing to actually have this a uh, little bit of a, a break here at the very end of the season. And it could be pretty beneficial if everybody's able to come out of this healthy and ready uh, with a fully charged battery and ready to go into postseason. Hopefully so. It should be a lot of fun as we get going. And again, that could be a Tug Valley team that you know rolls into Charleston potentially with about a 500 record that no one will want to play. And I tell you what, one thing about uh, Tug Valley: if they get to Charleston, they not only take themselves, they take a bunch of fans, and they always make it interesting when they do make it to Charleston. The northern half of Mingo County empties yeah. out. They go to they go to Charleston, and they go in force. You know, uh, guys, uh, you were just speaking about that. With the record that we have, I'll, I'll add this really quickly. I was talking to Coach Hunter Moles here from Charleston Catholic. Him and uh, the, uh, athlete, or the athletic facility director there, all of us graduates from West Virginia Tech University, all of us went to class together, teammates and whatnot. We were all talking. They were, they were telling me that they have uh, they picked the Valley as kind of the, the sleeper pick uh, to make it to Charleston and actually probably maybe do some damage up going on. As, as the tournament progresses, uh, coming in with a 10 and 12 record, it, you know, a lot of teams look at that and you've got to look a little deeper than that because the, the record is not, uh, does not fully support the, the caliber of team that uh, Tug Valley is. Jordan, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Ryan. You all have a good show. We'll see you next week for uh, Big 100. All right, sounds good. That's Jordan Mount, WFGH, as he had the Tug Valley loss tonight. At Charleston Catholic. I'm just distracted with the food came in. <laughs> Sorry. It That's the only reason I came tonight. <laughs> no. Uh, no uh, yeah. Well, we're, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm so excited for that already. All right. Joe, before we talk to Bo and before we get a scoreboard update, tell me a little bit about the game you were at tonight. Wow. It was exciting. Uh, Nitro, uh, um, Scott just couldn't get going early. Nitro jumped out to an 18 to nothing lead. Uh, I didn't think Scott was even going to score in the fourth quarter. They finally scored and uh, just kept chipping away. Scott finally uh, got back in the ball game, uh, took the lead in the early part of the third quarter. Then it was pretty much nip and tuck back and forth. Uh, Nitro got hot and uh, Scott got hot. Uh, John John Hamilton, the senior, big night for him. Uh, scored 38 points. Uh, he breaks the all-time scoring record at Scott High School that was previously set by Travis Banks uh, several years back. Also, uh, Jagger Bell, who was one of the other key players for Scott, actually hurt his ankle uh, early in the third quarter. 
he came back in a couple of times, but it just you know he was not nowhere near a hundred percent. So exciting game went into overtime. Skyhawks win at eighty nine eighty five. Absolutely, and that's exciting. the reason I don't have much of a voice. <laughs> Four three, you know how those go all well, night long. Well, let's see. Well, you had an eighty what eighty eighty nine eighty five eighty nine eighty five overtime. You had a lot of baskets to call. We did. <laughs> I did a lot of free throws. Too. And, uh, and you know, and of course, you know, as you know, as a PA announcer, you try to keep the crowd into the game as well. So uh, exciting night in Madison. Sometimes you go with them. Sometimes you try to. Stoke them out a little bit. <laughs> go, go. It, just, it just depends on your crowd on any given night. Uh, we'll do our scoreboard update in a moment. But right now, it's time for our resident referee. 18 minutes, and I'm not making him hold through the break this time. He is our resident referee, Bo Anderson. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, welcome back to the program. Uh, it's good to be back, uh, Ryan, for uh, another week, and uh, I guess uh, going to get ready for number one hundred next week. At uh, I might have to make an appearance for that one. Is this really Bo? It doesn't sound like Bo. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm not in the car. I'm at home. So, oh, okay. Uh, do you? You may be used to me being in the car. Maybe that's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah, you're used to cell phone, Bo. We got landline voted in. No, I don't know. I just, I'm just joking. But nonetheless, uh, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, always so good to take time with us to take us through some of the situations that maybe you're not all that familiar with to explain the game administration from an official's perspective, not just rules, but also all the other things that officials are and sometimes aren't uh, responsible for on the floor. So, Bo? Over the course of the past week, anything stick out to you? Well, not, no, not too bad. I worked um, a couple of games in the uh, in the uh, Christian State tournament uh, yesterday, and uh, you know nothing, nothing really. Uh, what I what I would like to do before I do a couple more plays, do the one that we did last week, and then have another one for you for next week. Uh, I, I just want to remind everybody. Uh, players, uh, coaches, everybody, you know, it's, it's tournament week is, you know, basically starting with sectional girls and then boys. And, and I think it's a good time to, to remind everybody that, you know, they need to keep their cool uh, out on the court and don't do anything silly where they have to set out a couple of games. Uh, you know, if you get, uh, you know, ejected, uh, you would be setting two games, so that might mean if you've still got regular season games left, you may set out your sectional. Uh, or, you know, if you do something silly in the sectional, you may set out uh, another sectional and a regional, or you may set out a regional in the state if your team is lucky enough to make it that far. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a, a thing that I always try to stress towards the end is, you know, just go out there. You know, should be the best time to find your best basketball. And don't do anything silly to make officials have to, uh, you know, call technicals and 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 put people out of the game when they really don't want hey, to. Hey, Bo, this might be a good time to challenge uh, the uh, PA announcers across the state. I, I I tried to do it tonight, especially with all that's been going on. You know. After you know, when you do the intros and stuff, encourage folks to show school yeah. spirit and good sportsmanship that you are at a high yeah, school you, basketball game. You know, again, and, and talked about last week, and we've had some scenarios here lately that have not been very good for the game. And you know, we got to get back to being that way where you know, you know, the 
student body is involved heavily with the cheering of their team and and not degrading someone or doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, you know, I, I always enjoy uh, having uh, good student bodies from both sections uh, at a game. It's you know, it's a it's great to do that. You, you like to officiate that. You don't want to officiate a game like it's a funeral. Uh, you, you want a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, uh, we've all been in those gyms where it's very quiet, but, you know, the noise uh, helps. It, it encourages both teams to, to play hard, and, uh, you know, there's nothing like it. And, yeah, Joe, you know, just, just showing good sportsmanship throughout the entire season and now into the tournament. And then, you know, if you make it to the, to the Civic Center or, you know, to Charleston, uh, then obviously, you know, you are the – show and you need you need that part bo uh you, you mentioned you, you worked a couple of the games in the uh wv cat tournament uh you know i don't want to throw any body under the bus but uh, talk about uh, dealing with the kids from the christian schools as you officiate as, as opposed to the kids from the public schools well you know the, the only difference you know they don't have as a governed body as much as as the ssac with us or the OHSAA with Ohio or Kentucky, you know, all have governed bodies. Now they do have one and they do obey by, you know, the Federation rules. Um, they do, you know, everything, uniforms, all that. So it's not really a whole lot of difference. Uh, you know, they come out, uh, some teams have, uh, cheerleaders, uh, you know, it, it's really pretty much the same thing. You know, obviously they're just playing, in in a in on teams that are just not in the WVSSAC, uh, so really there's there's no difference. They play at at Summersville at the Armory. Uh, it's kind of got a small, tight Civic Center setting where the court is big and it's open on both ends, and then they've got seats on both sides. Uh, it's it's a it's a nice facility to have it in. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, they got, you know, great scoreboards and, you know, it's, it, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they go out and play it just like, you know, any of the SSAC schools would. They're out there playing, uh, at a hundred percent and trying to make it to the final day. All right, Bo, as we, as we move forward now, um, you know, I, and I, one thing I do agree with, with Joe and I'll, I'm going to try to work on it myself. We need to come up with, uh, just a little quick read for public address announcers of, of sportsmanship. Don't have to go too deep into that, but just give a nice solid read and just remind everyone why we're there to begin with. But uh, nonetheless, I'm, I'm calling this our bow nose segment. That's my, I, I just, you know, I'm not that original. I'm not that creative. K-N-O-W-S. <laughs> yes, but not, not Bo's nose, <laughs> but Bo nose. And uh, so you had a question for us last week. Lay it out for us again. Okay, we had a held ball, and it's A1's ball on the possession arrow, and uh, A1 reaches through the plane, and B1 grabs the ball on the inbound side, and we have another tie-up. Whose ball is it? Uh, How does it affect the error? And and what do you have? Handle the situation. All right, here's where you get to make fun of me again. (laughs) I think you have a delay of game warning. (laughs) Would you have a delay well, of game warning against B? I'm thinking it Brian, may be. I, t- I, 
I tell you what, our class starts in October. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to attend at this rate. You need to come and be a part of it. Uh, no, you're not even close. All right. Uh, B ball. A one reaches through. A one reaches through the inbound side uh, with the ball. That means B one can grab the ball, take it, and score a basket. Anytime the ball's put through the plane to the inbound side, it's anybody's basketball. Now, A one had the ball on the possession arrow, and A one reached through, and B one tied it up. It's still Team A's ball because the possession error doesn't switch until the throw-in has legally been done, which means released directly onto the court and then touched or in the other half of that is if the throw-in is violated. It hasn't been violated. So it's still going to be A's ball until A gets that throw-in in, and then the arrow will switch the next time. So you, you can have eight jump balls in a row without the ball being inbounded, and they would all go to the same team. Yes, you sure could. And Absolutely. you probably would have some angry fans. The only way that you violate the throw-in on an alternating possession error, the only way you lose that is to violate that. So even if you had a hell ball and it's A's ball and A's taking it out, and A1 is throwing the ball bounds, but before they get it in, B1, or excuse me, A2 pushes off to get the pass. He's got a foul on A, but the possession error still stays to A because the throw in for that possession error has not ended. See, Bo, I might not know all this stuff, but I pick up on it pretty quick. I, I, it, it all make, that, that makes perfect sense now that, now that you explain it. it. Yeah, um, I'll remember that one for some time. Uh, all right. This week's Bo Knows question. Hit us with it. Okay. Uh, A1 is shooting the free throw, and uh, obviously the defense is allowed to have four players in there. So four B players are in the Mark Lane spaces, and A1 gets the ball, and as they're getting ready to shoot, all four of B's players turn their back on the free throw shooter. What do you have? Do you have anything? Uh, I'll let you handle that next week. (laughs) All right. Well. We may have figured out a new way to play free flow defense here. We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, Bo Anderson, resident referee. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Bo. All right, guys. I'll see you next week for the 100 show. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Right. Look forward to seeing you here next week. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll get our power ratings. We'll get a scoreboard update. We will get a poll question. We'll have cause time, and then we will eat. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Well, you got a few minutes left, and you can vote in this week's poll question. Should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? Our website, basketballnight.com, poll questions on the right-hand side of the page, and you got till 11.45 tonight. Big thank you to all the radio stations carrying basketball Friday night throughout West Virginia including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV, Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG, Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTT, Hinton, 
740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne, 92.3 FM, WYRC Spencer, and 103.7 FM, WQWV and Fisher. We thank all the radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Shout out to Robin Smoot, Elijah Heads, and Madison Brown. They joined us on Twitter and are now part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11.39 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Why We're just cruising right in here, aren't we? All you, all, you, all you think about something to eat. I mean, <laughs> we, we just had a... We had a sampler. We had a candy a little, sample. We had a teaser. Yep. And yes, it was it was phenomenal too. All right, so we need to do a lot of things still. So let's first start out with our final check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Joe, you got the boys' games. All right, it was Parkersburg falling to Hurricane tonight, sixty fifty-one in the MAC. It was East Hardy knocking off Moorfield by 10, 67-57. Seth Smith scored 20 points in that game. It was Pocahontas falling to James Monroe tonight, 74-51. Pendleton County over Pawpaw, 77-46. Another big win for the Chapmanville Tigers tonight, 105-52 over the Wayne Pioneers. Charleston Catholic knocked off Tug Valley, 59-46. It was Clay Battelle over Madonna, 70-47. Berkeley Springs falls tonight to Elkins, 58-36. Kaiser over Allegheny, Maryland, 73-54. Greenbrier East, the Spartans pick up a win tonight over Oak Hill, 64-51. Greenbrier West over Richwood, 89-46. It was Harmon over South Harrison's 80-70. Martinsburg picks up a big win over Hedgesville tonight, 48-42. Winfield picks up a win over Herbert Hoover tonight, 62-52. It was Indian Creek, Ohio, knocking off the Brook Bruins, 60, or 53-49. Lincoln County picks up a win over Mingo Central tonight, 72 65. That game went into overtime. The Wildcats keep moving right along. They go to 17 and 5 on the season with the win over Sissonville, 71 58 in that Cardinal Conference matchup. Huntington St. Joe, the Fighting Irish, or the Irish rather, knocks off Mann tonight, 62 53. 
Morgantown, the Mohegans, big win over Fairmont Senior. The Polar Bears fall 72-33. It was Parkersburg South over Lindsley, 64-37. Bridgeport falls to Robert C. Bird, 53-45. The Skyhawks, the game we talked about a few minutes ago, going to overtime, knocks off Cardinal Conference foe Nitro, 89-85. Sherman, the Tide, pick up a win tonight over Riverview, 66-58. Musselman goes on the road to knock off Spring Mills, 45-43. Another tight one over in the Panhandle. Washington picks up a win over Jefferson, 67-62. It was East Fairmont over Weir, 57-47. West Carter, Kentucky, knocks off uh, Tulsa, 97-75. Shady Spring, the Tigers rebound, and now at 20-1 on the season with a win over Westside, 72-56. Bluefield, the Beavers, they are rolling along as they go to 19-3 with a big win over Wyoming East, 94-44. And Taze Valley Christian falls to Grace Christian tonight in 75-67. Grace will now play Calvary in the WVCAT Championship. Girls scores tonight. And there aren't that many, but we'll knock these out real fast. MSAC ninth place game. It was Riverside defeating Capital 49-29. Sectional tournament play, Region 4, Section 1. Williamstown defeats Work County 83-44. Also in Region 4, Section 1. It was Wahama 49, Ravenswood 34. Regular season game, Frankfurt defeats Grafton 73-47. It was Valley Wetzel winning a Region 1, Section 1 game over 100 tonight, 71-38. And Richwood defeats Mountain View, 65-43. That a regular season game. And as a check your basketballnight.com scoreboard. We're in a hurry. We don't have a lot of time. Let's go over to the score desk to Marcus Constantino with this week's power ratings and a preview of Episode 100. Thank you, Ryan. A whole lot of changes to go over in the girlsbasketballnight.com power rating. Starting off in AAA, Parkersburg Big Reds are the new number one at 16-5. and five. Greenbar East drops one to number two. Willing Park stays put at number three. The Cabell Midland Knights are 15-5 and five at number four. They jump up two spots while Woodrow Wilson stays put for number five in girls AA. Frankfurt Falcons also taking the uh, taking over number one. They're twenty and one. Uh, North Marion drops one, twenty-one and one to number two. The Winfield Generals are nineteen and two at number three. Fairmont Senior seventeen and four moves up one spot to number four, while the Wayne Pioneers drop one to number five. In girls single A, St. Joe staying put at number one. They're nineteen and one. Uh, Parkersburg Catholic is twenty-two and zero at number two. Wahama is number three. Pocahontas County four. The Summers County Bobcats jump up one to round out the top five. Now for the BasketballNight.com boys power ratings. University Hawks are 17-3. They stay at number one. Martinsburg up one spot to number two. Morgantown down one to number three. Cabell Midland stays put at number four. And Hedgesville also at number five. In boys double A, Shady Spring is 20-1 at number one. Chapmanville at number two is 19-2. The Robert Seabird Eagles are 18-2 at number three. Bluefield Beavers up two spots with that win over Shady uh, to get to number four. And the Logan Wildcats drop one spot to number five. In class single A, boysbasketballnight.com power ratings. Williamstown Yellow Jackets are 20 and 1 at number one. Greater Beckley Christian, 16 and 4 at number two. Willing Central is at number three. Charleston Catholic up one to number four. 
while the Pendleton County Wildcats drop one spot to number five. That's your BasketballNight.com power ratings. You can see all the ratings right now on our website, BasketballNight.com. All right, you're also going to preview the 100th episode. I was, I was you team me up for that, Ryan. You're already so, there. Okay, okay. right on go. Here, here I go. So uh, <laughs> next week, of course, is episode 100 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Our first episode was December of 2013, and uh, we've come a long way since then. And we want you to tell us, um, uh, you know, what the show has meant to you over these uh, past seven years. And so we're inviting all of our listeners, uh, players. Uh, coaches or anyone who's been associated with the show, uh, you can give our phone line a call anytime after the show's over tonight. That's 855-78-HOOPS, 855-784-6677, and it'll let you leave a voicemail. And so uh, what we're asking our listeners and viewers to do is to call, uh, leave a voicemail, introduce yourself, and uh, just talk about, you know, uh, what the show has meant for you, uh, what it's meant, uh, you know, uh, to the state, and just talk about, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, give us a good message, if you will, you know, for our 100th show. Uh, we'll be playing some of those on the air. And uh, so, again, we invite you to call 855-78-HOOPS uh, throughout the upcoming week and leave us a message. All right. Thank you very much, Marcus. We have to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will get our poll question and cause time as we wrap up another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. After this, on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Next week, it's episode 100, and we hope you'll join us for the celebration. Big thank you to all the radio stations carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer, 103.7 FM WQWV in Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR, St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP, in Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW, in Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAP, LP, in Clay, 98.5 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmond, Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 950 AM, WBES, Charleston, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. A big thank you to all of the radio stations carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State. And, of course, you can go to BasketballNight.com and you can see our high-definition video. We're on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Periscope. And in the Huntington region, we're on Suddenlink. Um, no, we're on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Suddenlink, well, maybe next year. We'll be there soon. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. It's 10 till, which means we have nine minutes of program left on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We obviously want to spend a lot of time talking with our good buddy Rick Kozlowski because, unfortunately, we've cut him short like three times this year, <laughs> and I hate that. So let's go back over to the score desk. It's time for our poll question with Landon Mitchell. Thanks, Ryan. Last week's poll question was, should home and away sections be clearly designated and separated in high school gyms? 82% of you said yes, while 18% of you said no. This week's poll question is a multiple choice question, and it is, which boys classification is the most competitive? Triple A, double A, or single A? Go to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. Always uh, appreciate talking with him. And before we go to Rick, and we're going to set this up because we will talk about this with Rick as well. But, uh, Bill, you have been following along with a, a bill in the legislature that would affect athlete eligibility in West Virginia. Well, it, it's very interesting. You know, you, you've got a Senate version and a House version of this. And uh, uh, you might remember last year when this came up, the WVSSAC was pretty adamant opposed across the board to it well this year uh, they've actually gone to the legislature and have worked with some of the folks in the house on their bill and um, right now uh, if if the house version would be approved uh, it would require homeschool students who want to participate in extracurricular activities they would be required first off to uh, except full uh, supervision from the WVSSAC and the county school boards, and they would have to take one uh, virtual school class, which is a public school class, an, an online class, to be eligible. Now, the Senate version does not call for that, and that this also has kind of gotten the ire of some of the homeschool organizations who, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with the public schools as far as their classes, so they're not very happy about this, but... Uh, it passed out the House Education Committee uh, with a lot of support, and it's on the House floor right now. And of course, if the House passes, it will go to the Senate. So that's something to keep an eye on. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Good times. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Oh, my. <laughs> Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal, with us for cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We let the good times roll. Hey. But go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so I have an answer to uh, the, the, the newest poll question. Yes. Which is the most competitive uh, class? I'm going to say 4A. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a stickler. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> very, very well done. Coming to a screen near you. Yes, hey, we're doing fantastic and hope you are as well. We were talking just before we uh, came to you here on the phone that uh, about the, the, the Tim Tebow bill and how it's sort of taken a little bit of a different appearance in the West Virginia legislature. I know I don't expect you to get too detailed in that right now, but... Uh, your thoughts on the possibility of children who are homeschooled becoming student athletes and playing for public schools? Well, uh, the uh, the Tebow bill has kind of been 
around in some ways for what maybe five years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's reached you know, a point where they vote on it and approved it or not approved it. And when you got these two different versions, you know, I, my thought is, and, and I could be totally off base here, but you know, when you convene the, the Senate and the House. Will they be able to come to some sort of an agreement before the session is over? I think it's just going to be—it's just going to be one more impediment to prevent this from coming coming reality. All right. I think this is one of those things where there are—I'm just throwing this out—but there are dozens of options, and you're going to be hard pressed to find a majority agreeing on any one of them. Well, that's kind of what I think. It's—it's it's, uh, you know how. You know, how, how do, you know, a conference committee, you know, get together and decide what is the best way to do it? Because, you know, when you look at the two bills, you know, there's some decidedly different kinds of things in there. And, uh, you know, and I think maybe, you know, when you look at the fact that the SSAC has kind of become involved a little bit, I don't want to say they're giving up, but I think they're resolute in saying, okay, then, you know, this is going to happen. Let us have some kind of voice and, you know, let us, you know, make a recommendation and, and see how this thing can, you know, play out and, and, and actually benefit uh, the schools as well as high school youngsters. And, Rick, if you have to feed the dog, go ahead. But uh, it's all right. <laughs> um, Martinsburg Hedgesville well, tonight. Well, actually, 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 I'm... I'm walking her outside at the moment. I, thought, oh, I actually thought that might be the case there because I, it sounded like you were moving around. I kind of figured that's what was happening at the moment. And, uh, hey, such is life, right? But Martinsburg gets a big road win tonight, their boys beating Hedgesville. Oh, what a game it was. Uh, you know, it was a, a very physical, defensive type of, of contest. I mean, kind of reminded me of the old Big East when the Big East was like uh, – you know, no blood, no foul. Uh, both halves, the uh, neither team reached the uh, the bonus, even though it was it was a physical game and just just incredible, incredible defense. And uh, Martinsburg had uh, had control uh, until about four minutes left. Hendersville cuts it to one, and then a couple of unlikely uh, players from Martinsburg uh, come through with some big baskets. Trey Sager with a three point play. And Anthony Smith was out there and looks like he's going to shoot a three-pointer. Everybody's thinking, what is he doing? He's playing the game. <laughs> he switches it and all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, well, that's great. Great shot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the two, Martinsburg's two leading scorers, you know, both, both around 18, 19 points were held to seven. So, you know, you, you, you found some contributions from some other people. Garrett Stobbs, uh, who didn't start tonight, came off the bench and he had some big, big rebounds. He's not a rebounding kind of player, but he had some huge rebounds, including one at the end of the third quarter, which helped. Uh, and he got a putback and uh, made it a five-point game. And you know, it was it was a huge difference right there. But you know, just just a great, great game by a couple of very good teams. Uh, Martinsburg, of course, ranked second in the state AP poll, and Hedgesville fifth. You know, it's a uh, you know, what you expect from a top five type of game. Absolutely. And a, and a good tight ball game between those two sectional rivals. There's a good chance they'll meet again. Uh, of course, 
Musselman could play spoiler, and Musselman struggled tonight with Spring Mills. I cannot figure out Musselman. You know, you look earlier in the week, they go to Buchanan Upshur, losing overtime on, on President's Day. The next day, they play University, and they're leading University into the fourth quarter before University comes away with a victory. And tonight, they play a Spring Mills team that I think is starting to get a little bit of footing under, you know, under a new coach, and uh, and a football hero comes through for the Appleman, Blake Hartman, who hasn't played most of the year, as he was suffering from a football injury, and he's back in the lineup, but he gets put back and at the buzzer and they win the game. But, you know, certainly, you know, you look at Mussman, you know, they could be the spoilers. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's cold outside right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're breathing a little heavy. <laughs> she doesn't want to come back in either. <laughs> Go around the block. This could be – it's 26 right now in Martinsburg, according to uh, my handy-dandy weather forecast right here. But, uh, Rick, we're out of time. Episode 99 in the books. We'll talk with you next week. Oh, yeah, well, that's a big 10-4, guys. Yeah, look forward to, uh, or, or, you know, good luck catching the dog and get back inside. Too. <laughs> get inside. It's cold, yes, absolutely. Our good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. That does it. One more episode in the books. Four more to go this season. Next week, 100. We hope you'll be with us then. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.